So, Berta, have you seen uh, Game of Thrones Season six, 7? Have you seen <laughs> Season 7 Game of Thrones? I have, yes. Let's talk about it. What do you say? Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Humberto Castaneda. I sell solar eclipse glasses. So we're not going to talk about psychology so much in this episode, maybe a little bit of motivation and that kind of thing. But this episode is not going to have uh, much, if any, psychology talk. We just want to talk about Game of Thrones Season 7. Some epic things happened. Caveat emptor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so if, if, if you're into the, the podcast, but you don't watch Game of Thrones, my guess is you're not going to want to listen to this. Spoiler alert. And also, of course, spoiler, it'll spoil all the way up until the end of season seven, the TV show. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, you know, part of the reason why I want to talk about it is because it's just, I just want to nerd out and see what you have to say about the show. But also, I, you know, uh, I've been like become known in certain like, uh, well, so, so you know, I've been making episodes. Have you ever? You haven't ever made an episode of Game of Thrones with me before. I don't think we've done Game of Thrones, but I know you've done the analysis of the different character, or not all of them, but different characters in the psychology. <laughs> yeah, I did one on Joffrey because I thought he would be an interesting character to analyze, given his his childhood, particularly in the books. They go into more detail. On and you that. did a Ramsey one. Eventually, did and and then the response to the Joffrey one was so big that like a year later or something, I did yeah. a Ramsey one. Eventually, did a Cersei one, the Hound, Theon. And then someone actually contacted me, uh, a, a, a journalist, mm -hmm. and wanted me to provide some opinion on diagnosing some of those characters. And she asked me to comment on it, and she, and she wanted me to provide, uh, I don't know, she listened to the episode and she said, so is this the diagnosis you're saying? And then for some reason, I just had some extra time and I decided to actually really try to write up a full uh, um, diagnosis and justification for it. Right. Uh, and really look into these characters, even though it was just for this article. I, I kind of nerded out for a bit. Yeah. Which is potentially dangerous, I've learned, because journalists will contact me and sometimes I, re I don't realize until afterwards that I'm basically just writing their article for them and they get all the credit. Oh, right. You know what I mean? So like, you know, they, they might quote you, they might reference you, but pretty much it's their article. Right. They claim everything I was saying in, you know, in essence was them. And then they, oh. they might throw in a couple quotes or something, which has happened to me before. It's That's like, like plagiarism. <laughs> well, sort of, sort of. Yeah. And so at the, you know, while I'm doing it, I'm like, why am I writing this person's article for them? Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, but, but I was sort of nerding out. And plus I, there was so much bad stuff on the internet regarding diagnosing mm -hmm. the game of Thrones characters like top hits, I was realizing it was uh, just so bad out there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to really try to nail this because, you know, a fair amount of people Google Game of Thrones. Sure, right? yeah. And so so I really tried to nail it and I sent it in and then I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, you know, it's just one of those things you do one night and you just uh, forget about it. And then I decided to do a full episode of diagnosing all the characters, kind of spurned by that uh, right. nerding out. And so I, I was making that. And then all of a sudden, it's like a month ago or something. Uh, well, I guess it was, well, anyway, about a month ago. Would have been July, I think, 2017-ish. 
all of a sudden people are texting me and emailing me. I say, you know, oh, I saw your, you know, your article. I saw your article on Game of Thrones. And I'm like, what article on Game of Thrones? (laughs) Um, Actually, I should back up and say that it was really my 15 minutes because the day before everyone was saying, Kirk, I saw your article in the Monitor because there was this other article that I did an interview for regarding difficult clinical moments. Oh, okay. And the APA Monitor is like the magazine in my industry. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, you know, what's the biggest magazine? Um, Time? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. What, what do people read these days? Sure, but like, or like Wired is for tech and stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's the, there's a bunch of magazines that we read, but APA Monitor is like the biggest, you know? Wow. And... I totally had forgotten about that interview as well. And so people are like, Hey, I saw your article in APA cool. Monitor. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, Oh my God, colleagues or, you know, people I yeah. respect. Cause the APA Monitor is, is read by psychologists a lot. So, you know, uh, so it's people in the industry. Yeah. Mucky mucks. And, and so they're like, Kirk, you know, and then people are like emailing me about it. And then the very next day, people are like, Hey, I saw your article. And I was like, Oh yeah, the one in the monitor. They're like, No, the one in Business Insider about Game of Thrones. <laughs> And then, like, people are sharing it, and, like, That's my my niece was, she was saying, yeah, I, my friend shared this with me and said, you got to read this, and then I was reading it, and I was like, oh, my God, it was you, you know, it was, like, one of those <laughs> kind of days where it yeah. was being spread around. It would have been hilarious if they if they had gotten the articles mixed up, so people are like, saw your modern article about yeah. Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> it kind of felt that way. It was, like, this, just this two-day span, and I really felt like... Um, and they were erroneously calling it my article. Neither one of these articles were mine. They both just quoted me heavily and weren't right. plagiarizing me in that way. They, I see. Especially the Business Insider article. They basically just quoted me the entire time. But they gave you credit for those quotes. Right. And, and it was almost like just word for word what I was saying. Yeah, I read it. It was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So it was um, interesting. And I suddenly started getting calls from different... TV shows wanting me to appear to talk about Game of Thrones and blah 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 and and I don't know it was just it was just a little fifth which is, is so cool. which is funny because you know in my regular job I I have nothing to do with Game of Thrones right you know it's like it's just this show I watch but it's funny to be kind of wrapped up into that. You know? <laughs> You're anyway. the expert on Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, in a way, I have become not the expert, but an expert because right. of all of this, uh, people asking me, it forces me to really think about it. And then I have to, and then I've done all these episodes and blah, right. blah, which has really made watching the show much more pleasurable because I'm like, when I'm watching the show, I, I have a deep knowledge of everything that's happening, sure, yeah. you know? And so, Plus, you've read some of the books. I read all the books, all the books. prior to the TV show. Okay. So when the TV show came out, I was I was really skeptical. I thought it would suck. You know, it's like you have this you know just this sweeping story, just hundreds right. of pages of books, all these characters, and and I was like, this is gonna be bad. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. it's like you think fantasy and dragons and stuff. It's just like this is. And then I, I watched the first uh, season, and I was like, huh, actually, this right. is, this isn't so bad. At the time, no one was watching it, though. It was just, I think, Game of Thrones nerds that were watching right. it the first season. And then somewhere around, like, the Red Wedding or something, second season, suddenly everyone was starting watching it. Anyway. Yeah, I think that one gar- garnered a lot of a lot of attention. Yeah. I always... I have had HBO for so long that I can't remember. So anytime there's something new that's interesting, I, I try to check it out. But. So maybe you started watching it right from the start? I, I, well, I definitely watched the first season when it was still coming because I remember seeing the season finale when it came out. It was like 
shocking, you know. Right. It was the first show to do that. Yeah. You know, just acts a main character. Yeah. Like for reals, not yeah. like I mean, you might come back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So I, I I don't know why I just want to start with that, but um, just been a little journey this this summer of 2017, and and I suspect like come 2018, 20, you know, 2018. That sounds funny. 2017. That's weird. 2017 sounds like a year. 2018 sounds like two two numbers. Don't tell me we're close to 2020. We're close to 2020. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I wanted to talk about season seven with you, Berto. So let's do that. Um, episode one, we have, I'm just going to walk us through the plot and then you just chime in what you think. Sounds good. So it starts off with, you remember the first scene, episode one? Of the season? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the revenge of the nerds. Yeah. (laughs) At the twins, Aria poisons all those guys. Yeah, it was pretty epic. What'd you think of that scene? Uh, well, it was great because, you know, I, I, there's this little theory out there that I... I half subscribe to, but I half don't, which is that Arya really died in that encounter with the blonde girl. Um, but then, you know, you, that doesn't explain most of what she's done this season. Yeah, it doesn't make um, any sense. Well, it, it did at the time because it's like they didn't show us the death. The, the other girl was way more experienced than her. The guy, the, the head of the Assassin's Creed or whatever, did not react at all the way you would expect him to react. Because technically, was that what they're trying to teach her? Or were they trying to teach her to be no girl? Or was that what they meant by no girl? Anyways, but I digress. My well, point is, when well, I, the logic of those people didn't make a lot of sense to be. That's with. fair. That's fair. And, and she, even though the other girl was was probably better and wasn't injured, she had been practicing in the dark all that time with with because she was blind. Yeah. Whereas the other girl had not practiced being blind, presumably. You know yeah, what I mean? And so knows. she got her while she, right. you know. But the fact that she recovered so fast and wasn't injured was a bit of a... That, and also, the other thing that gave me so much suspicion is that it was Game of Thrones. Now, to be fair, more recently, Game we're, of Thrones yeah, we're has beyond become... The books. Yeah. But, but, but now, Game of Thrones has become a lot more Hollywoodized, yeah. and it's more predictable. And that was an episode... That episode was the Hollywood style. Yeah. That was way beyond yeah. the books. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've, they, they probably just should have had her still kind of reeling from the wound yeah. a little bit just because it looked like she was completely unwounded. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was sort of keeping tabs on that too to think like yeah. would they really do that? But as I watched this season 7, I, I think it's pr- I think I'm not I'm 99.9. Yeah. Well, if they to put it this way, if they did it now, then I'd be even more pissed off because now they're doing the they, that would be the trick where they they go to ninety nine percent showing you that it's not, yeah. and then there would be no way to explain all those scenes. Like, why does she care about John right. deeply and personally? Like, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, so, none of it. Yeah. Plus, Bran would detect her. Yeah, that's what I also realized. I'm like, he's got to see through this. Okay, and that scene was like, all right, I guess it is Arya. So at the beginning of the season, that was also another one of those. Okay, I guess it must be Arya because. Like, she's taking revenge for her family and her list. And, you know, the other girl, would she really care and stuff right. like that? And it was awesome to see how badass she becomes, right? Right. Um, and also, they hadn't started to make her annoying yet. So, in that in that episode, it was still the art. Oh, she got... She, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. We got a but, hot take that we can talk yeah, about later. Yeah. So, uh, here's a question. So, you haven't read the books. I never read the books, no. But you have a sense of the difference between i have had conversations with folks uh that have read the books and had you know some discussions about it but i I, you know not deeply 
Well, one of the differences between the season uh, season six, so last season was post books, and and now season seven is also post books. The difference is that George Martin never let us be satisfied, right? Right. You know, Arya fights all the way to the veil, only to have a guard tell her that um, Lysa is dead. Right. But inside is is uh, Sansa, but the guard doesn't say that because right. Sansa is is acting like she. So Arya and Sansa are so close to each other, right? And right. and Martin's like, I'm going to write this in a way that will not satisfy you. Rob Stark is is you know going south and gets killed. Uh, Ned Stark, you know, like every. Every time there's a chance for something to go well, it always goes badly. Yeah, that was one of the things I adored about the show was that it basically gave me a chance to – it forced me to experience a different kind of storytelling, yeah. which is not normally what we're used to. Right. Arya actually, when she cashes in that coin, she could go anywhere including Winterfell. Right. But she doesn't go to Winterfell. She goes to Essos, right. I think, right? And uh, to, you know, train with the faceless ones, right? Yeah. And uh, that was dissatisfying because you wanted her to go home. Yep. She, she had this opportunity. She could go home, but she decided not to. And she could have died over there. And that. So, yeah. so that's, that's the way Martin writes. And so do you think that Arya in, in Martin's universe would actually get a chance to Right. completely wipe the fray house off off of the off of Westeros. It, yeah, it, it's it's one of those like if she did it, it would be maybe in frustration of some other thing, you know. Yeah. And that's that's why I suspected that I think Arya just died. You know, that's why I had that feeling like if I were reading a normal uh Game Martin, of Thrones yeah. book or whatever, I'd feel like did you fucking just kill Arya? What? Yeah. Right? Now, having said that, I loved this scene. I, when, you know, this was just seven weeks ago, right? right? So I I remember just being like, oh, no. I mean, I just felt so good to watch all those fuckers die. Okay, and then we see another scene. The White Walkers are marching toward the wall. Which, by the way, that was the other frustrating thing. It's like... It's one thing to make the joke that, you know, winter has been coming for seven seasons and stuff. That's fine. But they've, they've shown us the walking towards the wall for ages, it seems like. Mm. And so I'm like, if they're really that slow, can we just all run in circles and outrun them permanently? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a storytelling trope because you have to at least start off the season. So you yeah. start off the season with... So, the Arya scene is sort of like that first James Bond scene, yep. you know, where it's like disconnected kind of from the main story. Who That's cares right. about the phrase? And then you got to start the the, fir- the first real scene, which is the second scene. You got to say, like, here is the main point of, right. of the rest of these shows is winter is coming. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was pretty great. And we see giant whites. Yes, that is cool. You see the giants. Now. I was, there's a lot of people talking crap about White Walkers and this sort of thing. And I, all I have to say, and maybe I'll say it again, is that there's so many ways the directors and the writers could screw up this story. It's really mm-hmm. hard to tell a story about zombies and, yep. you know, and, and to direct zombies, yep. to, to make them look scary and dead, yet not like super twitchy and yeah. like, 
like uh, you know what all the other zombie shows. It, there's a there's a very fine line between scary and Goofy. and totally yeah. dumb, yeah. and I feel like the the producers and the directors and the writers did an excellent job. Oh yeah, with that. yeah. Especially well, yeah, when seeing those giants, yeah, you're like, oh shit, yeah. you know, yeah. Ugh. So 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 kudos to them for that. All right, and then we see Bran and Mira uh, arrive at the wall, and Talette, uh leads uh, lets them in. Uh, you know, this was a this was a big scene, but it yeah. sort of got glanced over, right? Because you know, Bran and Mira have been wandering forever the wasteland, the the wasteland ever the wasteland, yeah, the wasteland ever since um, ever since Theon took yeah. uh, uh, Winterfell. Yeah, there was a whole season we barely saw him. Yeah, yeah, they've been wandering the north, and then they went north of the Wall. Yeah. And then they've been wandering north of the wall. I mean, they, they, this is them returning to yep. civilization after a long time. And presumably, it, if the White Walkers were really so fucking far away from the wall, that would mean these guys were far away from the wall at some point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that uh, Bran is different now. He's, he's different. That's right. Right. He, he's and, illuminated. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so, uh, that, you know, they, they spelled that out pretty early on, you know, from the very beginning when he got his, when he lost his ability to walk, I think they started showing us that, that like, you know, turned something on inside of him or something. Um, but now it was not only the fact that he could see all these things, but he's sort of like becoming less brand. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. The, he's, he's he a even stark. Says yeah. He says, Mira's like, you seem so cold, like you don't care. And. Brand says something to the effect of, I'm yeah. not that brand that you used to know. Yeah. I'm someone different now. I'm no longer, what is it? Uh, there is no, uh, what's the name of in Ghostbusters? What's her name? The, the, the gatekeeper. Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's character's name. Gorn or uh, Zorn? No, no, it, there's Zool, right? Zool. But Sigourney Weaver's character's name is, because it's like, there is no Dana. Oh, Dana. There is no Dana. There is only Zool. <laughs> oh, the longest setup to a joke ever. Yes, it's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so people kind of don't like this online. They, they think that Bran is acting kind of dumb. But I like it because imagine... Dumb? Yeah. They're like, he's acting too weird or, oh. you know, like it, it seems cheesy to them or something. But to me, it's like, imagine you're Bran and you can see everything. And yeah. everything in the past. Yep. At any time. You would probably get a little weird. Plus, as has been said before to Bran, is the longer you spend in the in the you know, the warging and the time traveling, the more you lose yourself. Yeah. You know, you become you become something different. Yeah, I get the sense that like the three eyed raven is sort of like a thing that possesses these vessels, and the vessels themselves become less and less whatever they were before. Yeah, and that is what seems to be happening. Right. So I, I, I kind of respect that he's he's a, he's above it, and plus he knows things. Uh, but actually, they laid it out, which is interesting because they said he can't see the future. You know, he can see he can see uh, the what's happening now, and he can and see what's past. happening in the past, which is interesting. That's right, and then. He um that when when he met the old man that was the previous three eyed raven yeah because I, I seem to recall that that guy didn't tell us 
almost anything, if, if at all, about who he was before he was the Three-Eyed Raven. Well, the theory is, is that that's Bran at another time. Fair enough. And so that, even more so, to say that whether he was or wasn't, at that point, that entity was just a Three-Eyed Raven, not, well, I used to be the gatekeeper for such and such, but then I became the... No, no. He was just a Three-Eyed Raven. Oh, I don't know. I What I think is going to happen, and God knows, is that... At some point, Bran is going to warg completely into another body in the past. Oh, and, and I see. then as a as a young person, hmm. and then that person will be Bran as the Three Eyed Raven. He will grow old, go north of the Wall, and join with that tree, and wait for Bran himself to approach him. I don't yeah, know. It could be. I, I've heard other people say stuff like that too. So anyway. There's also a theory that Bran is the Night King. Have you heard that? Well, he looks a lot like the, yeah, the Night King. A, looks a lot like Bran, especially now because yeah. the Night King used to have a smaller nose. Yeah, but, and then but since Bran's cool. nose has gotten bigger, so has the Night King. Yes. What do you think about that theory? Well, I mean, it, it, they do look alike, right? But as to whether it could or could not be, it's one of those like it's fiction. So. You know, they can make anything happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I th- because the Night King is actually a specific human. He's a he's one of the first men who yeah. the children of the forest converted into yeah. the Night King to defend from other men who were invading their yeah. their land. And I mean, it would they would have to just explain the whole thing because right now there's no evidence why it would have to be right. You know, right. Plus, that would imply that Bran has the ability to warg into the to the White Walkers. Yeah. Which, if Bran could do that, then, geez, this whole thing would be over, yeah, right? Right. So, so, in fact, we've seen the opposite, right? Right. We've seen his his three eyed his raven flying, and then the Night King looks at the raven, and that destroys the connection, right? And scares the hell out of uh, right. Exactly. Bran. Yeah. So, all right. So we go to Winterfell, and uh, this is a lot of these quotes are from Wikipedia, by the way, in terms of the plot. You know, at Winterfell, despite Sansa's disapproval. John secures the loyalties of houses Umber and Karstark, who fought alongside Ramsay in the Battle of the Bastards. So, Berto, should John have destroyed these two houses and given their lands to more loyal Stark bannermen? Oh, right. Um, no, I, I mean I agreed with his with his decision because what happens is that um, the I think his logic was sound. It wasn't the kids; it was the parents. They they were punished. And they died. They died, and now they there could there could be all this resentment because those died. So the only way to possibly kind of undo that resentment is to say like, but now all is forgiven. Now he's taking a chance because humans are humans, and they could be resentful anyways. And it's it's the opposite of the approach of like, no, I'll kill all my enemies and all their children and all this stuff. But I personally think he did the right call. Yeah, there's no other Ramsey yeah. in the bunch as far as. They know there's no there's no one to rally a rebellion, right? There, and there's there'd be no reason for any faction to to, to because you know they're the ones who know that the yeah. White Walkers are coming, and so uh, why would you decide to yeah. rise up against John? And so, yeah, and especially considering that him more than almost anyone else has the threat, the actual threat, so present in his mind that he's like, what matters right now? Right? You yeah. Know? Exactly. Yeah. We see Littlefinger scheming. He's happy that John and Sansa are fighting. He's, yep. Yeah, we see all that. Um, uh, and then 
I, I just love all the scenes between John and Sansa. I thought that was written really well. You, yep. Sansa brings up her points, which are understandable. John brings up his points. And, and it's great because Sansa is no longer a, a sniveling snot, like, yeah. like spoiled brat, you know. She's now actually like making sense. She might, we might disagree with her, but she's yeah. making sense. Right. And she's trying to challenge John in a way that John does need to be challenged. Yeah. Because he was like the reluctant leader. So like, well, dude, grab it by the balls now. Yeah. You are the leader. <laughs> yeah. And you got to be ruthless. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I, I just love all that stark uh, sibling talk stuff. I thought it was really great. And, and by the way, John is not a good strategist. Yeah. So he does need help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's not super ha- happy about being king no. of the north. And so... No. Anyway, uh, what do you think about Sansa's outfit in this season? She, she she has that like golden ring with a chain through it. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It almost looks like she's shackled herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was sort of interesting. Um, and I love that scene with the Lady of Bear Island where she's like, you know, is that uh, the girl, the yeah, young kid? Yeah, like yeah, she, she's like. Um, uh, you know, we are you telling me that I can't fight Costock or something? Oh yeah, because they were saying like, what do you expect, women and children to fight? Yeah, and it's like, yep. And then and then she says that she says like, like I don't need your permission to fight. Yes, every every man, woman, and child will be will be bearing arms for Bear Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like, uh, God, that she is just the best. Yes. Those scenes are just so great. Isn't she in a movie? She's like in something else. Right. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, let's see. We see the heirs of House Umber and Car Stark. They're just these young kids, yes. which is great. Um, and this is something that they don't show in the TV show very well, is that a lot of these houses, for various different reasons, particularly now, are ruled by children. Yeah. And in the in that episode, they, they show that. And it's something that we as as contemporary people don't understand, but right. that, but that's the way it worked in medieval times in, in Europe. And I guess around the world was because of the nature of the air and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes, you know, a five year or even a, an infant would yes. be king. Uh, I don't know if that's ever happened, but the point is, is that um, it's, and you were considered to be uh, uh, old enough to rule at the age of like 13 or something that's right know, and get married and have kids and that kind of stuff so and so it's something that that is in the books for sure but the tv show doesn't do it because the tv show has been going on now for seven years right so all the child actors have grown seven, right. seven years older yeah. but guess how much time has passed since uh, you know, in in Westeros time since the beginning of the show, uh, two years, right? So it's it's something along those okay. lines, maybe even less. Yeah. And so, for instance, and also they chose actors who were older than the characters slightly, so that because you know older kids are better actors, yeah, of right? Course. And so, so for instance, how old was Joffrey? Do you think when he when he became king, the or, actor or the character? The character. Oh, in the books. Uh, 12. Yeah, so he was 13 or 12. Yeah, and but he looked like 16 in the show or right, something. Right, yeah. What about Tommen when he becomes king? How old do you think he was? Ooh, 10. Eight. Eight? Eight or nine, yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, John, how do you think, how old is John now? Well, the that's, that was, the Tommen is really awkward one because he has sex with his wife, right? With, uh, I don't know or if in the, book, the books they have sex. Right. Um 
But anyway, okay. John, how, how old is John at uh, the end of the book series, the book five? Oh, um, at, at basically the time of, of this season. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to shoot low. So 18. Close, 17. Great. Okay. Rob Stark, how old was he when he died? Oh, an old man of 40. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Rob Stark. Oh, Rob Stark. Not, oh, yeah. Not like King Rob. 25. Nope. Uh, 15 or 16. No way. Well, he was younger than John because oh. you know, Eddard wasn't even married yet. I oh, think. I didn't even realize. I, I actually thought he was older than... No. Oh, shit. John Snow's the oldest. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, the other thing is that... This doesn't give you the sense of... Or wait, what? I could be wrong about that. John Snow could be the exact same age as Rob Stark. But okay. Anyway, go ahead. But it's funny because it doesn't... You're right, because the actors are... They look older and they sort of like make them older anyway. Yeah, they make them look older. And and I think they imply older ages even if, if they're supposed to be young. Because no one wants to think about a 16-year-old king. No one, no one respects right, that. Right, especially because there's so much sexuality and things and all this. Right. But also... That explain the sad part about it is that would explain a lot more of the irrational decisions yeah. and the impulsiveness and things like that. Yeah, Rob's, Rob Stark was about fifteen or sixteen <laughs> when he died. It, right, all of that he you know he was oh king of the north, m- fighting, battling, putting people to pregnant death, pregnant fifteen year old wife. Yeah, just you know head and south. Wow, how do you think Sansa is right now? So Sansa should be like eighteen now. Or 16. 16. No, 14. She's younger. She's 14? Yeah, she's 14. That makes Littlefinger even dirtier. Arya, Dirty finger. How, how, <laughs> how old's Arya at the end of the books? Uh, at the end of the book, she's uh, 12 then. Yeah, so 10 or 11. Yeah, so she looks... In reality, Sansa, in reality, in the like as an actress, now looks 21, probably. Right. And, pro- and probably <laughs> is in real life. You know. And Arya looks like... What about Bran? 16 or How old's Bran at this point? Uh, 13. Uh, he's eight. What? And Rickon. How old do you think Rickon is? Holy shit. So Rickon's the youngest. Well, then he'd be like six. Or yeah, something. he's four or five. But Rickon is dead, right? He's dead, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Rickon, four or five. Brand's eight or nine years old. Arya is just a year older, like 10 or 11. Sansa's about 14. Anyway. So let's take a break because you need to take a break. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron yet, please do so. Go to patreon.com, become a patron of the podcast. You'll get access to all of our premium episodes in which we do deep dives on various different things. Also, please tell a friend or a colleague about it, about the uh, podcast. Because word of mouth. Word of mouth is a big deal, especially if you're in the field and you hang out with other clinicians. Also, rate us on iTunes. That helps us because it bumps us up in the rankings so people have, you know when people right. search for psychology podcasts it it uh helps plus it's always interesting to read your reviews also remember that there's a facebook fan group that's right uh so we have the regular facebook page that that we run and then we have a facebook fan group that we don't run and i don't even look at it because i i just want the fans to have a place playground place where they can do whatever they want it's run by famous patron linden Fa- Facebook fan group, go there. There's some lively conversations there. Sometimes, Berto, you participate in that. You know, um, I have this vision of all these therapists hanging around in a field. Yeah. Because you were saying, like, it's part of the field and yeah. they're all hanging around. It, it's pretty much that. <laughs> okay, so uh, at the Citadel, Samuel Tarley steals books that reveal a large reservoir of dragonglass in Dragonstone and sends word to John. 
I, I like how we have a hero in the story that's a book nerd. Yes. You know, it's, and, 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 and this was very satisfying because at first they were sort of trying, well, I don't know if the books were, but I, w- I was, they were trying to make me feel like Sam could become a hero, but I'm like, ah, this is going to feel really forced. But then they're like, what if he was a book nerd? Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll buy that. Yeah. And that's totally Martin, right? Because yep. he's, he's a book nerd. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, I have a theory as to why um, I thought about this today. So you haven't read the books, so you don't understand, but people who have read the books understand this, is that the first the first book and a half, maybe two books, is pretty much like the TV show. Okay. Where everything is happening, it's interesting, um, the the characters that he kind of sticks to those those, those main characters mm-hmm. Tyrion Sansa uh, Theon um, I think Jamie not sure but anyway there's there's these Arya there's these very um, satisfying chapters right pretty soon Martin starts to div- di- like diverge from those stories, and he starts talking about these other people, unrelated. Like, yeah, or well, in the world, but yeah, very tangentially related to the main plot. Mm-hmm. And then he's writing um, one of the books, and he and he's like, I don't know, at some process of writing it, and he's like, you know what, this book is too long, that and and he's only writing about one one time period Uh you know he's like he's like he's writing about the next time period and he's like this book is turning into it's too big it's it's too so he writes two different books but each but the both books are just of the same time period oh so the i think it's book four and five or three and four are basically at the same time different events happening at the same time interesting so he he just keeps branching out and out and out. <laughs> and by the end of and then by the time he gets to book five, he is writing about characters that I could care less about. <laughs> that you there there are characters that are that are that have full stories in the books that yeah. you've never even heard of. Uh-huh. There's like a there's like a Dornish girl who you've never even known. Right. There's a uh, another Targaryen actually who they don't have in the TV show oh. because it's stupid that Barton even started to include. I mean, get back to Daenerys, get yeah, back yeah. to Sansa, get back to John, and he. And every time I would get to one of the chapters, he'd be like, you know, rando person perspective. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, and like it. It's like, and I, if I remember right, I think the Dornish girl is basically like stuck in the castle, and she doesn't even have any like thing that she does that's interesting, and. <laughs> And so I'm I'm sort of reading between the lines. It's supposed to be a seven book series, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, there's no way he's going to. Re- I mean, th- th- with the pace he's going, there's no way this is going to be seven books. And he's also talking about how he's getting older, and he really wants to make the book perfect. And um, yikes! And he, you know, he's been writing this the sixth book, I think, since. Before the TV show came out, actually. So there's been no book that came out during the TV show? No. I think he's been writing Whoa. book six for the past eight years or something, maybe. I don't know. He's released, like, sample chapters that might actually change when he publishes it. And wow. there's no and there's no reason. So, so let's say he gets done with that one. My guess is, I think he's been hinting that there might be eight books. But 
The thing is, is I can't see how he's going to wrap it up in that time. So here's my theory. He's a Dungeons and Dragons player. Uh huh. And I, and I think his, in fact, the first time I came into contact with George Martin was he was, he had written short stories for the Dungeons and Dragons magazine called, called Dragon. And it was this, it was a story about Pike, the drowned, the drowned gods. It was so interesting. It was this, it was this really, if I'm, this is from memory, but it was this really in-depth story about one guy who was in Pike with uh, Theon Greyjoy and those people. And he wanted to be a, a priest. And the only way you can become a priest, and they, they worship the drowned god, uh-huh. which isn't one of the seven. It's one of the, I think it's one of the old gods. Okay. And so they worship the drowned god. And so in order to become a priest of the drowned god, you have to drown and die and then, oh. and then be resuscitated. Like the fire, you, you have to. Yeah, like baptism or something. Yeah. But you have to die. You like you have to your heart has to stop and you you have to stop breathing, and so there's this ceremony that you go through in which you're drowned uh-huh. and then you're brought back and then there's this whole ceremony and you know they talk about like the salts and the uh, the sea and just all this you know he's, you know how he's just this great writer and and I remember reading I mean, normally those short stories in Dragon I'm just sort of like yeah you know whatever <laughs> but some for some reason this one really got me and I remembered it and then years later. When the book started coming out, I was like, wait, this is sounding familiar to me. And then I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Anyway, so he played Dozens and Dragons. Dozens and Dragons is just like this. Yeah. There's, there's like side plots. Campaigns never end. Now the point is for it to never end. <laughs> right. They, they, yeah. There's, there's, you know, like typical Dungeons and Dragons campaigns, like the epic ones that I think George Martin is still a part of, by the way. Uh-huh. Never end. Right. There's never a resolution. There's only just more there's loops. There's there's little there's you know, more arcs, and little then, arcs, yeah. but there's little there's always like another thing around the corner that you, there's always options. You know, you got to yeah. keep the story rolling. And so I think that's the way he writes is <laughs> he just never he's not thinking about an ending. He's just like I just want to keep writing the story. Right. I don't think he. Ha- I think he's like winter is coming, but you know. I might not ever get to that. And imagine that. Imagine if he never, imagine if he publishes the next book and half of it is written about characters we don't care about. And the story only moves forward like a, a, you know, barely. And I'm guessing it's not going to be anything like season six of the TV show. Right. And then imagine he never writes another book. I mean, imagine that. Uh, Because he's not young. I, I think he's in his 60s or something. He's... You know, now maybe he'll live to be 150. Who knows? But uh, I'm I'm concerned. I see. But 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 the last season's going to get written with or without him, right? Right. Well, so that's the thing is he's even coming out and saying things like the the TV show has gone way off of what his, I can imagine. Yeah. He uh, uh, or I, that's not the exact quote he said. I think he said something like. In the TV show, there's something like 40 people who are dead who are not dead in my book. I see. You know, because so many people have died. <laughs> yeah. Because the writers have, have, I think, wisely decided we need to, we trim, need to get rid. Trim. Yeah. Because, again, Martin just keeps adding and adding. Yeah. You know? And so, anyway. And even with all that, there's still a ton of characters. So, right. like, this season had a dual problem. One was that there's still a lot of characters, yeah. but the flip side of it is as, as everyone now starts colliding yeah. 
now is where things are getting a little too Hollywood here and there. Right. And rushed. <laughs> yeah, very rushed. Yeah. And people are very conveniently being in the same place at the same time. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to. But uh, most of that I'm fine with because I'm such a nerd for this stuff. And I feel like the the screenplay people are doing a good enough job that I just love it. You know, it's sort yeah. of like when I watched episode seven, you when you and I watched episode seven, right. I walked out of that movie like thinking I had just had the best movie experience of my entire <laughs> right. life. Is it objectively the best movie that no. was ever made? No, it's because it's, it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it's because I'm a big Star Wars nerd. Yeah. And when it comes to Game of Thrones, I, I, I'm such a nerd that I, I just I just really like it. You forgive I, a lot of things that you wouldn't know otherwise. Right, because it's just like I just want yeah. more of it. I'm just so happy. I, I feel similarly. I, there are a few things that really pissed me off. That I think the ending the, of this season made up for a little bit, but um, and then the the other thing was that uh, with the characters that are still alive, um, time travel not time travel. Sorry, well, we'll get to that. We'll get okay. To that. Sorry, sorry. So uh, we see Sam cleaning a bunch of poo and pee. Did you like that scene? Yeah, well, it was like it a was, montage. Yeah, it was it was showing us the traditional kung fu scene where the. The Kung Fu Apprentice has to do all the shitty work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I liked it because it, I, I thought, well, so at first I was like, oh, this is kind of clever. They're, they're, they're like having a lot of scenes where he's like, yeah. you know, dumping and puking and dumping and puking. And then, and then about, and then it just kept going and going. It was Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, 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 they've done a lot of work. I mean, because as a sort of amateur filmmaker myself, yeah, I'm like this whole montage took like <laughs> weeks to yeah. make because you have to set up every single set, every single shot, every right. lighting, every prop, and everything's different. You know, it's just like there's like I don't know, like fifty different little little second scenes. You yeah, know? and so I was like, man, this is impressive that they did it. And then, of course, they they smash cut to someone eating soup. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, by the way, though, that is an example, because what I was about to say was actually simply that in, in the first season, travel took a long time. Yeah. Like, I remember when they were leaving Winterfell to go to King's Landing, like, that wasn't, like, cut scene now that they're in no, King's Landing. No, it would take, right? like, a season yeah. for them. And that scene that you're talking about felt along the lines of, of the old school, right. where it was... Oh, they're showing us the slog that it is and the thing. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the things happening now, it's like instant, instant. Yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> I totally am fine with. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can suspend my sort of, I don't know. It's not even suspending disbelief. It's just like, one, I don't want to see the slog anymore. I want to see the resolution of these stories. And I know you only have so much money yeah. and so much time. So by all means, skip the scenes where we watch John riding a, a horse up and down, you know, all of Westeros. In fa- yeah. In fact, they did way too much of that in the, in the second to the, or in one of these last episodes where it, uh, they were walking and talking, walking and talking, right, right. walking and talking. Well, some of that I like because you, you get these little <laughs> moments between the hound and Brienne and stuff. But anyway. The point is, is that oh, you're thinking about like North of the Wall, probably, right? No, there's there's been many cases where they're doing the Aaron. Is it Aaron Sorkin that does like the West Wing and all? Oh those? yeah, it's yeah. like walk and talk, walk, walk and talk, talk yeah, walk yeah, and yeah. talk. No action, just walk and talk. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I like the skipping in time because, and I I'm okay with it because I can imagine in my head, 
okay, three months later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, they, they don't say six months later, you know, they just, they just smash cut. And, and I think it doesn't take a genius to say, oh, this is probably like several months in, in advance. I, I agree. At the same time, you know, one thing that bugs me, the characters mentally feel like they, they also skipped. And they, you know, cause like if you think about three months ago, what you were doing, yeah, it's not present in your mind as if it was the previous scene, right, right, right. And there's some of that where they go to the other one, and all the characters are like almost no time passed, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> Which you know kind of makes some sense because again, the only they only have so much. I mean, yeah. do you know why they only made seven episodes? I mean, this is one of the most popular TV shows of all time. HBO is making hand over fist for this. Making money hand over fist. Why would they limit the last two seasons to seven episodes? They're having a hard time writing it, maybe? I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. Because yeah. it's it, it seems like this now would be the time to extend it yeah. to like twenty episodes or fifteen or yeah. thirteen or something. Like why only limit to seven? It seems yeah, the 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 only thing I can think of is they're like, well, the fans have such a high expectation for this show now. That we need to spend a lot of money on each scene mm -hmm. to really make everything great, right? And so we could, you know, we could make ten episodes that are kind of good, or seven episodes that are really good. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, well, I don't know. Just make ten episodes that are kind of good. I don't mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> tell more of the story. Like, why does it have to be all crammed in? You know. Yeah. Anyway. So at Winterfell, we see Tormund continue his, 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 he's crushing on Brienne. What do you think about that whole thing? Oh, the redheaded dude? Yeah, Tormund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a little levity to the whole, and, uh, whole situation. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I just think it's the best. Um, I, I wonder if Martin will include that because I don't think that's in the books, but anyway. Um, okay, now here's a scene that I genuinely thought was stupid, especially when uh, episode two came out. Was Sam goes up to one of the the jail cells and is handing the food, and then a hand emerges and s does a jump scare. Do you, do you remember that scene? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's like it's like what was that? And then I'm thinking, wait, is that Jorah? Is Jorah turning? Because that's the whole thing about right. the dragons, the dragon scale, they call it. I think stone skin or something. Anyway, that condition that Jorah yeah. had, you start to go crazy, and basically you become like a feral animal. Right. And in the all, all the other scenes after that, he was fine. Yeah, he was but, totally normal. But in this one scene where they want you to have a jump scare, it's like, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's like, you know, I just thought it's yeah, that it's is, like, yeah. It's, that's a trope that you don't need in this show. It's the know? old hey, you know, like character comes up, yeah, hey, it's yeah. like ah, oh, damn it, why'd you scare me like yeah, that? Exactly. Uh, in the Riverlands, Arya meets a group of friendly Lannister soldiers. No, she meets a famous Ed, pop star, Ed, Ed Sheeran, uh, who who uh, and she jokes that she's going to kill Cersei, and they all they all joke uh, they all laugh. I, I felt that scene was weird. Why? First of all, the Ed Sheeran thing took me way out of uh, immersion. Yeah, because they didn't like it. Wasn't like a silent cameo. It's like he's freaking singing. They focus in on his face, and he's like, hello. And like, yeah. I, I'm surprised and, they didn't have a little label. This is Ed Sheeran. Yeah, and he looked just like Ed Sheeran, and he had a haircut that was kind of yeah. like the one he has in real yeah. life. Yeah, so it was like, what are you doing? And then the, the whole scene sort of felt pointless. Well, so here's my thing. Okay. That's why I love this scene. 
I mean, okay. the whole Ed Sheeran thing, I actually saw Ed Sheeran live once, so I, I, I kind of, on accident, but I kind of like him in a certain way, so yeah. so it's not, I don't, so I was like, oh, it's Ed Sheeran, that's kind of cool, and you know, he's English, right? I love his music, I, yeah. I, I love his voice. And and he's a humble guy, he's yeah. not like, you know, I don't know, Madonna or somebody, you know, yeah. he's, he's not, so I so I'm I'm fine with that. But the scene I loved because of what you're saying, it meant nothing. I mean, especially now, because I thought, well, maybe they're setting up something where yeah. Arya's going to kill them all later or something. But they, they, we never see those characters again, as far as I can tell. Right. And it's just this tiny little moment where this girl who had, you know, is wise beyond her years and tough beyond her years. By the way, she's only like 10 at the time yeah. in the TV show. She looks like she's, I don't know, 15 or something. Yeah. And she comes across these Lannister, and we see that the Lannister army is now filling its ranks with a bunch of young kids because so many people have died. That's true. Yeah. And so we see, and we see that these are humans. You know that the, these are Lan- these are the evil army, Lannister yeah. army, and we see that they're just normal people. That's and, a fair and point. And they're good. Yep. Like there's a moment in because you're just like, oh god. Are they going to kill her? Are they going to rape her? Like, what are they going to... Like, something bad is going to happen. Or someone's going to come upon them and kill them all. Yeah. But, like, nothing happens. Just this little moment, totally fine. There's there's nice little moments where, you know, young soldiers are having a, a meal and singing a song and welcoming a guest. And, yeah. like, that can happen in this world This is what I really liked about that scene. That's, that is a fair point. Maybe... Maybe what was a little difficult was that it started off on the wrong foot for me because the appearance of him was so was made too blatant, and then it's maybe spoiled the scene. And then the the other thing, and this actually I wouldn't fault it because I want it to be more like this. But they had started to make Arya feel too cold. I'm just a killer. Right. Whereas in that scene, she was like a total normal person. Right. And that felt out of character. But I don't want it to be out of character. I actually want her to be more like that. So right. Yeah. Then we see Thoros, uh, the the uh, what is it called? the the Brotherhood without banners. Right, shows Sander Clegane the vision in the fire. The revelation leads him to believe that the the Lord of Light actually exists. Mm-hmm. The Hound is like, whoa, the Lord of Light is a thing, and it's fire. And the Hound is yeah, terrified and he's of afraid, fire. Yeah, afraid of fire. Yeah. Um, and I sort of like that we didn't see his vision because, because like another screenwriter, right, would have definitely shown us what he saw, right. Whereas all we see in the scene is the hound staring into the fire, and he's like, "I see a mountain. It looks like an arrowhead." You know. In fact, they've one thing that they've done so well most of the time in this show is keeping things ambiguous when it comes to the magic and to right, things. Yeah. Because if you think about it. Yeah, there have been times where, okay, that one weird ghostly murdering apparition that the Red Witch was able to... The ghost know, baby. The ghost baby. Stannis' ghost baby. So that stuff did happen, but most of the time it was like, did she see something? Did yeah. they? Did she influence this? Right. You know, it, so it's good. Right. And I would have wished that the Hound would have just said something like, I saw some stuff, rather than like, I'm seeing a mountain, and it looks it. It seemed a little too obvious, or something. But again, that's fine. The other thing I sort of had some. Oh, sorry, or, or or maybe it would have been cool if he said something that even he didn't quite understand. Yeah, like I see a square with a circle in the middle, and no one knows what it means. Yeah. Later in that show. When they're walking, they He's see like, a square with a circle in the middle. And yeah. we're like, oh, that was a square with a circle in the middle. Right. Now, 
after this episode came out, because he said, I see a mountain that, you know, da 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 da, people thought that he saw his brother. Uh, okay. But he never did. Um, the other thing that I thought the hound would have really done in this situation would have been like, um, yeah, I see something in the fire, but, you know, fuck this shit. I don't care. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I'm all for me, you know, yeah. but anyway. Um, uh, da, da, da. He's okay. sh- I- I've liked his character arc because he's, he's changed quite a bit. This might be the, this might be in the books, but it might not be because at the end of the books we actually don't know if the hound is alive or not. And so, oh, okay. in the in Martin's universe, either the hound is actually dead or the hound is actually hiding alive somewhere, but we'll never see him again. Is that from when Arya left him? Right. Okay. Yeah. So Arya left him. Uh, he's presumed dead yeah. or dying and is going to die. But then there's all these little hints that sh- that uh, Brienne actually kind of comes across that makes it look like the Hound is actually still alive, but maybe disguising himself as someone else to kind of avoid, uh, you know, getting in trouble. Anyway, go to King's Landing. Jamie tells Cersei uh, of the crucial need for allies. So, so this is one. This is a question about like that we'll get to at the end. It's like, what is Cersei's motivation with all this? You know, because yeah. they're they're sort of in the in the not the good seat of driving. You know, um, especially okay. because at the beginning of the entire series, yeah, you could tell that you know she was an unhappy woman. Season? No, no. Oh, I'm series. talking about this. The whole oh. when, when when the thing started and we meet her. It's obvious from the beginning that she's an unhappy woman. Yeah. And then it starts becoming obvious why. Well, she loves her brother, and she has to be married to this buffoon that she hates. Yeah. She hates him with a passion. And she's given birth to not his children, but has to pretend that they're his children. So I get it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it makes her a good person. It's just you can understand why she's how she is. Yeah. But, but she's not like, I need to kill the whole world and no. rule for no reason. By now, though, what happens is she's lost everything almost. And so now it's sort of like a, a weird psychosis almost. Like, I just don't – if she could spell it out, it would sound like revenge. And then they'd ask her, on who? And I, I don't know, everyone. Well, the fucking world. <laughs> I, did, I did a whole episode on Cersei. You can listen to that. But the, if you really actually analyze each decision that she makes – it's almost entirely based on survival. Yeah. Occasionally she takes revenge, like on that Septa who tortured her when she was, right. uh, you know, she, she, she could have just killed her or just let her live. It didn't matter. And that whole scene with, uh, that we'll get to with Alaria, her daughter, if, you know, if, she, she, yeah. she, she, she's, she's vicious with certain individuals, but a lot of the decisions to me, I mean, the decision to lock up Ned Stark yeah. was to, she was, literally going to either die or be banished from Westeros. Right. I mean, Ned Stark comes to her and is like, if it, you know, I want you to take you and your three kids and leave Westeros. Cause when I tell your husband what I know to be true, he's yeah. going to, he's going to want to kill you. Right. And, and so sir, what would, what would you do? You're queen of the realm. Totally. And, and, and so, and she didn't want to kill Ned Stark. She just wanted to rot in a prison. Yep. You know? And then Joffrey decides I, to... Jo- I, I'm saying that's definitely how it started. I agree 100%. I think at this point... And I use the word revenge. It's not revenge. It's like... Survival. She, no, I think she she has um, not... She cannot let go of the hate that she feels. Certainly. Because now, like, she hates her brother... And even when she's like, oh, he didn't kill my sons. I don't care. He killed my dad. And he was like, yeah, but he was going to kill me. I don't care. 
I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Well, she's and I, always I hate everyone. <laughs> she's always hated uh, Tyrion because Tyrion, when Tyrion was born, her mom died. Yes, and her mom was like w- perhaps the only loving person right. that they had known. And, and but so, so that my point is that, that part's not survival. That's she can't let go of that so hatred. She's got a problem yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I, I, you know, people tend to paint Cersei as like a psychopath. But actually, my contention is when you actually look at her decisions they're based on survival oh yeah no no she's and the game of thrones you know totally like, right. she, you know? i don't think uh, if there's been and i know you've analyzed but if there's been psychopaths it was like ramsey and stuff like right that. ramsey yeah. ramsey <laughs> psychopathic sadist yeah. uh joffrey was a psychopath you could you could see it you know in that he loved to torture people yeah and animals and things yeah. i think i think cersei has always been trying like you're saying, trying to survive. I think, in fact, what gets in the way of her survival ultimately is that she can't let go of the hatred. You know, yeah, partially, but but she is she's totally survived. But like, just like right now, though, if she if she could like take a step back, she wouldn't have now alienated the last person on her corner, other right. than a monster. Right. <laughs> right. Well, but she's also saying, look, I'm not going to march north because I want to survive. The the one time that I actually, when I analyze each one of her decisions and I look at, and this is probably more just due to her narcissism or, and I don't think narcissistic personality, personality disorder, I just think her own immaturity or something, was when Marjorie became queen yeah and, and Cersei was the queen mother and started to be marginalized by Marjorie. Yeah. And instead of just being like, okay, well, queen mother, that's badass. I can kick back and yep. and pull strings from behind and yep. get to know Marjorie and and just you know know that everything is good now. The realm is safe and da 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 da. And the North is now taken over by the Ramsey, who are you know the Boltons are loyal to us, and everything's good. But instead, she's like, "I am going to destroy Marjorie." Right, and it's like, what a dumb decision. Yeah, well, and I don't maybe I'm, I don't remember this right. I thought at some point Jamie was trying to get her to just leave with him, yeah, and stuff. And I think in addition to wanting to survive, which is she definitely is a power hungry individual, right. You know, and maybe it's not power hungry in the traditional way. It's just maybe that's how she thinks she can be safest is by having absolute power. Well, I think it it was. I think again, it's spurned by survival because yeah. when she was up until the time that uh, Ned Stark d- decides he's going to out her right. and tells her stupidly before yeah. he outs her, up until that time, she's not particularly power hungry at all. She. As a as a teenager was just like any other girl in that she wanted to marry a dashing prince, and King Robert Baratheon was actually a very dashing you know think Gendry yeah. with with his hammer and overtook you know all of Westeros, and she was just smitten with him. It turned out that Rob Robert Baratheon was in love with Lyanna, yeah, and and proceeded to beat. Um, Cersei, because mm-hmm. and Robert Baratheon was a was a full on domestic violent alcoholic asshole. Yeah, and so Cersei, you know, at first really wanted to love Robert, but then over time was like, this Hated isn't working, and then she went back to Jamie at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, so is so, this all in the books? Yeah. Okay. Well, they tell all this backstory, yeah. and then by the time Game of Thrones begins, we see Cersei in this loveless marriage, and and yeah. 
she is having sex with Jamie on the side, and she's not particularly scheming. No, right for for anything. She's no. just like she's just surviving. But when Ned Stark makes that threat, and then another threat happens, and another threat, and here comes the Targaryens, and it's just one threat after yeah. another. And and someone killed my my son, and what about my daughter, and what about my other son? Like and it, it just, gets it worse just, and worse. Yeah, it just gets worse. And Marjorie is now taking my son away from me, and you know it's it just. Yeah. This cascade, and, and that's why I was calling it not in a non-technical way. I feel like she now has a little bit of a departure from reality because she, it, if she wants to survive, I think she is now taking the steps that will guarantee her demise. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose like a better like she, she, yeah, she could easily just be like. Well, I don't know. As I say this, it's like, that's kind of stupid. But like, if she didn't care as much about ruling, she just wants her baby and Jamie. Yeah. This is the right time to step. Like, don't you think? Take your money and run. Take your money and run. Well, I I think (laughs) that whenever people say that, I think that in certain contexts, you can't do that, right? Because like, how do you hide? Someone's going to, someone's going to find you, right? Yeah. I guess the only way is. But then she, the problem is, again, because of her hatred, she won't trust Daenerys no matter what Daenerys says. Well, and she shouldn't because if she allies, you know, that, that's the other option, right? She's like, she bends the knee to Daenerys or something, right? Well, Daenerys might not have that big of a problem with her, but how many other people want to kill her? Sure. Yeah. And once she's out of power and she's yeah. just a lowly vassal or something, like, she'll be dead. That's right. And so, I don't know. I, I When that's I look tough. at Cersei, I think it, a lot of it starts to make logical sense. There, except for the Marjorie thing, like she should have just let that go. Well, but but I, I will I will I will say that even now, I, I mean, let me put it this way: at least the way he t- she told Jamie was a complete mistake. Yeah, she should have eased him into the idea of not actually going along with that plan. Well, I, you know, again, when you look at it from Cersei's perspective, she. She's now in a position where her enemy is going to vacate the the six kingdoms in the south and go north. Yeah, but now with her brother, who supposedly she well, loved. but but she well, she, and she's looking at her armies, and she's and the Golden Company is coming, and she's going to take over the six kingdoms, and that means money and power and influence. I mean, at the very least, she should have killed Jamie then. You know, well, and that's you could see it in her eyes. She was like, "Well, maybe I should kill him," and and so she's on the fence. She still has love for him, and she still has a good in her heart, and so she decided not to kill him ultimately. But she, you know, so she's looking at this situation. And she's like, "I can't bend the knee; they're going to kill me. I can't run; they're going to find me. So the only chance I have is is to keep stay alive and try to gain more power and and maybe see what happens." You know, I I I, I hear you up until now. I I now think she's gone off. She's too damaged. She's not thinking straight. Well, well, what's bad about her decision? Well, basically, it's her and a and a insular army that's now been defeated on the on the battlegrounds multiple times now, and against whatever survives in the north, and whatever survives in the north is now, like she said, so gonna what, come what down other, and crush okay, her. But that's she's not in a good position. But what should she do instead? I think she, she should have followed the alliance through, and then what? Then play the cards that happen at that point. She she's looking at the exact same situation. If she marches north uh, with her broken army, it, that is far inferior to 
Daenerys is. Like, first of all, she's not wait, marching wait, north. Wait, wait, Well, but her her sure. well, her army her army would be part and, of her army is marching north, and and a small garrison would stay yes. with her. Okay, so a, a broken army goes north. Yeah, led by Jamie, who isn't a schemer, and they they uh, fight the the army of that. Okay, let's right. say they win. You know, best case scenario, they win against they win. the army of that. Right. Immediately. The the north and all and is going to ask for their elite for their the bend the knee and or kill them yeah exactly so so and if they bend the knee they die no not yeah. if they bend the knee Cersei will die could die oh Cersei might die yes. Cersei could die but but actually but not see if she if she went along with the elite the allegiance she might not die. No, that's my contention is she is fairly sure, which I am too, that if she goes along with the alliance, now maybe someone could strike a deal with her and they would be good to her and they would be honorable. But well, at the very least, like she already didn't kill Tyrion, didn't kill Jamie. Well, though that was after the fact that she betrayed. So she killed all those religious people. She killed all those Tyrells. Well, they, 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 she, had she killed reason. all those Dornish people. She killed all those, uh, you know the, the other um, Greyjoys. Yeah, but all those are justifiable from a monstrous, I, I, you know, place, right? Like you murdered my children. Of course, I'm going to kill you. Okay, you I'm tortured just saying, me through the streets. I'm of course, saying, I'm going to kill you. Is it reasonable for Cersei to think that if she bends the knee, someone is going to come try to kill her? Or, yeah, of or course. Try to marginalize her. I'm, ju- I'm just saying that it's even more likely that now they're going to kill her. But even so, at the last episode, she says, she says, if I bend the knee, or it, something like, if I if I join them, I die. Yeah. If I don't join them, I and die. if I don't if I don't join them, I die. Yeah. And so, so I think Cersei is just trying to hold on. One, the other piece that I think she might be doing is. Fuck it! I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay alive as long as I can, and I'll bring as many people down with me. You know what I mean? Because she's just so. Because she's got all that anger. She just the hate. Yeah, yeah. And so the best way to stay alive the longest, I think, logically, is to have her do what she's doing. The, the uh, team Danny and John are gonna go north, and you know maybe you know here's a viable scenario that could happen is. A lot of the leadership dies to the to the army of the dead, but the army of the dead ultimately loses. Yeah, but like just the fact that I I would almost almost be done with it. But since she let Jamie live, they will immediately know that she's double crossed them. So now there's no subterfuge. They immediately know that she's double crossed them. So now. They have no reason to like pull any punches. Why not just send the dragons now and freaking fine? Then raise her down, like burn her to the ground. Well, that's what you know. Cer- that's why Cersei's getting the Golden Company, which is going to be really fascinating. To see the Golden what are they Golden. going to do against the dragons? Well, those those big ass scorpions, the uh, the the big you know crossbows, they they did damage. They didn't do a thing. Well, sure, it did injure him slightly, but that's when I, they didn't know it existed. Look, I don't disagree <laughs> with what you're saying, but the point is, is like uh, I don't I don't hear any viable good options for by, Cersei. By the way, I'm so glad they talked about the Golden Company because I had had conversations with people where I was saying, look, why doesn't Cersei invade the Iron Vault or whatever they're called? Yeah, and and then and then people are saying, well, because they have all the money, and I'm saying, no, they must have an army of some sort, because Cersei or other kings wouldn't stop at, well, they have the money. No, 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 I don't, I don't think the Iron Bank has 
the Golden Company. The, I think Golden Company is just a, it's just a mercenary group. Yeah, they pay that mercenary group to defend them, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, because otherwise, what would stop anyone from going to the Iron Throne? The iron, the, um, just getting all the money themselves. There's, there's a reason for that, but I don't know what it is. But anyway, we all have right. to take a break. We get back. We'll, we'll maybe get to episode two. All right, we're back from the break. Just a reminder, go to the Facebook fan group. Join the Facebook fan group. It's run by fans. It's for fans. What's for us, by us? For, for fans, fans, by, by fans. fans. <laughs> Made from fans. So it's, it's, it's buff of. Okay, so now we're still in episode one. Cersei welcomes Euron Greyjoy, who proposes marriage to her in exchange for his Iron Fleet and a chance to kill Theon and Yara, or... Uh, Asha, the book, her name is Asha, not, not Yara. Oh, okay. Um, because there was Osha, the, uh, the girl who was with Bran. Yeah. And so the TV people thought like... That's too close. Yeah, so they decided to call her Yara. But it's like there's Robert and Rob, and we man- <laughs> we managed that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cersei declines his offer, citing trust as a concern. So Euron promises to return with a gift to prove his loyalty. Daenerys arrives at Dragonstone, big moment here, the home of Ta- House Targaryen, once occupied by Stannis. We, you know, so the, all the right. time we saw Stannis in this in this castle was at the, was the Targaryen right. seat that uh, Aegon actually. Uh, that was where he started three hundred years ago when he came mm. with the dra- the first dragons. I think that's how Aegon's uh, conquest. Anyway. Um, awesome scene. There's like no words, you know, Daenerys gets off the little boat. She walks on the beach. She climbs, you know, there's all these like, you know, this awesome direction of these, uh, handheld, uh, steady cam shots. And we see pulling down the, I think the Baratheon banner and raising the Targaryen banner. And she enters that room with that big, the throne uh, that, that, well, no, it's not. Well, she enters the first room. No, she doesn't go to the throne room at all. I think she just goes to that, that briefing room. Oh, where the table is, the yeah. little planning table. Right. And then and then she says, shall we begin? Oh, yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What would you think of that scene? That was epic because um, it was like the end of the last season made it look like the start of the season was going to be a battle. Right. Right. And, you know, they clearly were like, well, no, we can't. We have to, like, you know, take our time here. But. This was essentially like the logical step. We need a staging ground. Right. We need a place we can plan. What better place than the home right. of the Targaryens? Yeah, I, I liked it uh, for all those reasons. I liked it also because they didn't explain it. They right. they just, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't think casual viewers understand what's happening right, right now. Right, right, right. I mean, one, I have been waiting 15 years, literally, of my life for this <laughs> to happen. I started I started reading the books in like early 2000s. Yeah. And, t- you know, everything that Dan- Daenerys has been doing has been like, got to get back to Westeros. Right. You know, and, and like, oh, I have an army now. Now I, I can, I'm almost, I just need ships. Yeah. Oh, I lost my army. You know, now I can't. Now I got to go get this. Another one. army. Yeah, now, okay. Now I, now I'm bogged down in the city, but I got to get back to Westeros. Oh, now I got to deal with these people. And I got to, you know, <laughs> there's just this constant, yeah. you know, and again, end of book five, she's still in fucking Marine. Like, oh, wow. The, the last scene I think that she's in in the books is when Tyrion enters the, uh, arena. Oh. A, as a slave. Wow. And, and, um, is about to be killed. He's actually in a joust with another dwarf, with another little person. <laughs> and 
what Tyrion and this and this woman little person doesn't know is a bunch of tigers are going to come in and, and and eat them as just for sport and fun in, in, in the in the uh, gladiator arena. And Daenerys catches wind of this and says, "No, no, no, you can't do that." And she calls it off. And Tyrion is is like, "Huh?" And like, I think that's the last time we. So in the books, I'm still waiting for Daenerys <laughs> to even begin to think about. And so when she when this scene happened, I was like, "Oh my, god. oh my god!" Finally, she's. I mean, partially because it's such a epic long journey that she's been on. Yeah, but also because it's like. Finally, she's at Westeros, and we can resolve some of these fucking Incredible. plots. You know, what where I mean? was the place they started from when she was with her brother? Um, the well, she's beginning. on the other side. It's in one of the free cities. I can't okay. remember which one it is, but right. you know, one of the western cities. And then she heads. She starts heading east as time goes on. Right. But anyway, um, okay. So, uh, but one of the problems I have with this whole season is. Often there's these very sparse scenes in which Daenerys and John are are you know in this scene Danny is just walking up the stairs mm-hmm. by herself and she doesn't have a lot of guards around her. Right. And what I'm thinking is, if you are a queen and you aren't a warrior and yeah. you don't have any armor on, then anyone with a crossbow from a window could kill you. That's right. Or someone could jump out of the shadows or something. And so you would have like a team of bodyguards around you yeah. at all times. And throughout this whole season, I'm like, you wouldn't do it like that. What you don't like when John and Daenerys meet, they just walk up to each other and, <laughs> and Daenerys doesn't know this guy. No. And maybe John's like, well, here's my chance. I'm King of the North. Kill her. I become king of everything. I mean, yeah. she, she doesn't know, and and they don't have any. There, there's not even any. It's you know, like when they went to that the dragon pit, and they had that big, um, you know, the big uh, powwow between yeah. Cersei and they had guards, but they weren't very quick to react. No, they weren't. And in fact, do you see how close that the zombie got to yeah, her? The white was like within striking distance. Uh, either they made it look like that as bad, you know, as like you know, cheap writing. Or she, he, it got really close. In which case, what the hell is the mountain going to do? Right. And the mountain seems slow to begin with. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. And so again, what if something came out of that box that had a bow and arrow yeah. and just shot Cersei or Daenerys or something? Yeah. It's like not you know in normal world you would be you would have a like a shield wall of hum- of of warriors. Well, you. and what about when the dragon was arriving? Right. You just sit there and look at it like. Hmm, that's interesting. Right, exactly. The dragon lands could have just blown fire, killed all of those Every people. Every motherfucker. Yeah. Just and not only that, in an like, instant. as a human, I mean, these are humans, instinctually, like, if a lion, forget a dragon, if a lion came in, like, the same area, open area that we're in, we're all freaking running for the hills, yeah. right? Instinctually. A dragon of that magnitude, just the presence of like, like those soldiers would be yeah. running, grabbing her if they can, if not just running for right. their own lives. Right. Well, that's <laughs> when John and the Onion Knight first come across right. the dragon. They 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 drop. They drop. Yeah. They don't know what's going on there. Yeah, they're confused. just like ah. So so yeah. Now, having said that, when I watched all these scenes, I wasn't thinking that because I'm into the story. Yeah, I know. You know, if you watch <laughs> episode seven Star Wars, there's plenty of moments where you're like, what? You know. You again left a vulnerable spot that can be attacked by <laughs> X-wings. You know, like did you not learn anything from the previous two uh, Death Stars? So you know, again, it, it's storytelling. It's fine. You got to shoot it in a certain way. And if you have like a 
a realistic world. It's not very interesting, but anyway, okay. Episode two. Let's try to race our way through these. <laughs> um, Daenerys sends uh, the Dornish people with Yara uh, and her fleet to Sunspear. And Danny sends the Unsullied to Casterly Rock. So this pissed me off, man. What? Like, they send that fleet. Yeah. And, like, the brother and the sister don't mention... By the way, there is a slight risk... Of Euron. That our uncle might try to kill us. Right. Oh, your uncle? Does he have boats? About that. He's got... He's probably building 20 more times boats than we have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, could you have sent the dragons maybe to like, right. help? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of the problem with having such a powerful thing like dragons yeah. is it's like, why wouldn't you have them doing all sorts of stuff? Yeah. You know, just the, the ability, you know, just, just every day, go out and see if there's an enemy. You can Flank, kill. kill. Flank, yeah. kill. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get yourself killed in the north to rescue. I don't even want to get started on that yet. But yeah, yes, exactly. Use the dragons wisely. Yeah, <laughs> you could just you could just like. I wonder if Euron's fleet is somewhere. Just go look. Yeah, just fly Take around, fly around. Oh, there they are. Well, let's go back home. Mm-hmm. I know where they're at. I'll, I'll gear up and you know da 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 da. Yeah. Or I'll even say, dragons. Go to where we just were and kill all the... I, that's the other thing I've been clear. There's wooden boats. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. And so so some of the things kind of break down a little bit. But anyway, again, as I was watching it, I was... I was and that like, was a fun, good scene yeah, yeah. where they got attacked. Yeah, and, and that mauled. comes later in this episode. Oh, okay, but anyway, okay. uh, let's see. Melisandre arrives and encourages uh, Danny to invite Jon Snow. Oh, Grey Worm and Missande consummate they their They have, quote-unquote, they have, quote-unquote... They go, well, they go to the seventh base. A third base. But, Isn't that third base? Yeah, but then they also probably rub in a way that's not normally possible. I don't know. I don't think it's possible for, for him. No, but he's got skin down there, right? He's got, like, skin. scar tissue that I... Well, are you, I think you're. Ho- I think you're wishful thinking, my friend. I don't know. I mean, like he's got to have something, right? No, I think it's off. I but think. that means there's scar tissue. There's. Oh well, <laughs> he could rub the scar again. <laughs> God. Uh, but anyway, what do you think of that scene? Yeah, it was powerful because, um, I mean, from the beginning when you're like when they started having a romantic intention, I think all of us were like, yeah, but uh, but I mean, what are they gonna? Do well. I think people like you are thinking that. I, I, you know, love transcends the ability to put P and V, but not in a show on HBO. I mean, <laughs> but no. I mean, I knew that that of course there are things they were going to be able to do, but we were all waiting for it, right? Yeah. And then it finally. Happened. I wasn't really waiting for it. I, I thought that. It might not ever happen. Oh, really? I, I didn't need it because it didn't need to happen for the plot. You know what I mean? It, mm. It's a total side story. I I always thought that they did need to make they they need to raise the stakes with Grey Worm because it wasn't like it was Daenerys's love interest unlike the previous Jorah. Well, right. And the other so in order guy. to make it hurt more or something yeah. if he dies, but yeah. at the same time, it really doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's fair. But I, I thought the scene was beautifully shot. Yeah, it was very well done. Again, you could have made that really dumb. And it, the scene was actually like pretty explicit, too. Like, yeah. Like, they didn't pull any punches. No. Really. Um, that there's, it's, a, it's one of the most explicit scenes in Game of Thrones, which is saying something. I mean, what's his name? Grey Worm. Grey Worm? Yeah. Right? It should be more like Grey Tongue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Cersei gathers several lords asking for their fealties and elevating Randall Tarly as Warden of the South. Kyburn shows Cersei a prototype ballista capable of killing dragons. Uh, when that happened, I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Like, yeah. that you could design a large enough weapon that could kill a dragon. And it makes, you know, it, it makes sense in both directions because one, you would think, well, duh, like, of course, shoot a large enough missile. Yeah. But it's not duh because that's technology that you don't just get for free. Like, where's the technology coming from? So this guy is like a masterful inventor. He's sort of a genius. So it makes sense that he'd be like, I've designed something that actually would have the power to do that. Right. And that makes sense. Right. And um, they did have those kinds of things back in the Oh, times. of course. Yeah. Now, I, at the same time, it also, it does make sense, but it also doesn't make sense because I thought that her believing that this was some sort of like sure counter was naive. You know, it's like, I don't oh, think she thought that. I think well, she, she was like, I think we got something for the dragons. Well, I think she was like, that we're not, dust you know what i mean because because up until we get those ballistas it was like well you're you're done there's three dragons and no matter what happens Mm -hmm. anything you fire at it's going to bounce off of its skin whereas now it's like well now we have a chance okay that that was the way i was interpreting it i don't think all right i don't think cersei was like you know i have automatic weapons that will (laughs) kill you know it's like i i i didn't perceive it that way anyway aria meets hot pie what do you think about hot pie Wait, who's Hot Pie? Hot Pie was is the guy. The oh yeah, yeah. She meets back up with him. Yeah, like, that's another. That that's a long time ago. Yeah, uh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And then she, then also that was more evidence. Was like that's that's Arya. Yeah, that she's acting like Arya. You know, right? So you know she's talking with Hot Pie, and then he and she's like, "Yeah, I'm going south, going to uh, right. going to King's Landing." And he's like, "Why would you go there? Why wouldn't you go to Winterfell?" And she's like. Why would I go there? They're Bolton's own that. Yeah. She's like, she's. He's like, no, no, no John, actually, John. <laughs> and she's like, huh? And I remember as I'm watching, I can't tell you how many times when I'm watching these episodes, I just had this giddy feeling. Yeah. And when she got left, you know that that little pub, right? I was like, please go back to Winterfell, right? But but there's a part of me that wanted to go to King's Landing, and kill Cersei, you know. But I was like. If she goes back to Winterfell, we're going to have another reunion, you know? Well, and the problem is I knew that if she went to, to uh, King's Landing this early, she was going to die. Because you can't have Cersei die. No. Uh, you know, I, I mean, was, you could in old Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> I was unsure about that because at the beginning of this season, I was like, I, I, I was probably putting like a 50% chance that Cersei was going to be dead by the end of the, by the, end of the season. Because uh-huh. I was thinking, you got to get rid of Cersei in that that storyline so that you can go full living versus dead. Yeah. But I kind of like the way that they did it because yeah. there's, there's this, there's still this thorn in the side. Yeah. They right? sort of got rid of her temporarily, but not really. Right. <laughs> and who knows what will happen, which we'll get into. Now at the same time, we, we obviously the, the season ended this way, but so we haven't had a chance to talk. They haven't had a chance to talk about the fact that with her betrayal, it's not just that she, they, she betrayed them. They didn't get those troops. Right. And they were sort of counting on the additional manpower. Right. You know. Exactly. So Arya meets Nymeria and asks Nymeria to come with her. And Nymeria is like, nah. And Arya is like, oh, you know, I like that Nymeria has moved on. Oh, the, the wolf. Yeah. Well, for, for a second, I thought the wolf was going to kill her. Yeah. And in fact, I thought the wolf 
recognized her as not Arya. Yeah. And that's why, A, she was growling, and B, she didn't go with her. Well, at first. So at first she was like, who is this person? Right. it's been a while, I suppose. Well, and then when, she, when Arya said, um, it's not you. Yeah. I didn't remember that that line had been spoken before, right? Yeah. But I thought in that moment that was like a hint that it's not Arya. <laughs> right. I was just trying you're to Nymeria. find... No, that Arya was sort of saying it about herself oh, cryptically. Man, you're really looking I know, for it. I know, I know. <laughs> um, now, here's the thing, you know, is Nyme- I-, I was wondering if they wrote this into this season to give closure to the Nymeria question because a lot of the fans have been like, where's Nymeria? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Nymeria's out there somewhere. And in the books, the wolves play much more of a role. They're uh-huh. they're around much more often. Yeah, I could imagine because at the beginning of the series, they were a big deal. Right. They were presented as a big deal. Yeah. You know. Right. And I think in the TV show, for good reasons, they don't include them a lot because I think they're hard to shoot because they're so huge. Yeah. Um. And so I was wondering if if this was sort of fan satisfaction of just like, look, Nymeria's out there, but she's running wild and. Was Nymeria the last one? The wolf, that, um, that Arya's wolf. Yeah, was she the last one? Oh, the last one. Is she the last one? Um, she might be the last dire wolf of the Starks. I'd have to look that up. But anyway. But the other thing is, is maybe Ny- Nymeria will come back and save the day, <laughs> at which I won't like because yeah. I'm getting a little tired of the of the Uncle Ben or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that comes out of nowhere and saves the day. Yeah, it's getting a little old. Yes. You know? Anyway, after receiving Samuel's letter, John leaves for Dragonstone in hopes of convincing Danny to support his fight against the White Walkers. He leaves Sansa in charge and almost strangles Littlefinger, <laughs> Littlefinger yeah. to death. Uh, Sam applies a forbidden treatment to Jorah's grayscale infection, which was super gross. Um, they like did a smash cut to um, someone eating a, <laughs> someone eating something that looked just like it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, my guess is is that Martin will not have this in the books because the way that grayscale is written in the books, it's like it's a done deal, and there's no going back. So now I know they had this reveal of like, well, there's this secret healing thing or something. Yeah. And I think that that's just because the writers want, they really, yeah. people love Jorah and they want him to yeah. come back. And so. And he promised daddy. Right. And yeah. so I think in the books, Martin, it would make total sense given Martin's sensibilities that Jorah would become one of those feral, crazy, you know, grayscale yeah. people. Yeah. And he's like a father figure to. Danny. Right. Euron's fleet attacks Yara's fleet. Obara and Nymeria are killed. Ilaria and Tien and Yara are captured. Uh, okay, so this is when Theon jumps from the ship. Yes. Because Euron is like, come on, Theon. You want to save your sister? And Theon's right. like, uh, and jumps. The, but the, by the way, is another, this is another good what I would expect out of Game of Thrones. Because normally you'd, yeah. you'd be like, ah, this is the scene. He finally gets the guts and he pulls out this crazy combat maneuver. But no, he jumps. He jumps. Right. So people online are calling this like he, he became Reek again. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, uh, he got, from the very beginning, even before he got conditioned by, uh, by Ramsey, um, I think he was always a coward. You know, they, they established early on in the series that he was a coward. He would pretend to murder 
children by murdering other children. Right. Like, he's just a coward. Uh, and and when the reek sequence happened, he basically, the whatever part of him was sort of not a coward, got completely eliminated. And then all that was left was that coward. Yeah. Um, and then I think when, when he had a chance to do some good, he's, like, slowly been trying to, like, recover his character. But ultimately, this is not a brave individual, right? And so he's confronted with a situation where he his own life is in peril. And then, yeah, he reverts to not reek necessarily, just to like his normal cowardice. Right. The whole reek thing, Listen, you got to listen to my whole episode on Theon if you want to hear more mm-hmm. about this. But people really focus on the reek thing. You know, they think of reek as like this other personality or something. Oh, yeah, no. And it's like, no, that was Theon terrified yeah. and broken down but he wasn't actually reek yeah and he probably always knew he was theon but he just became like conditioned to call himself reek yeah. you know and so this whole notion of like he became reek it's like um no but actually and so i agree with that part but i actually disagree with what you're saying in that i think that so one in the so part of this is the books is that and part of it's in the in the tv series is in the when Rob Stark is marching north mm-hmm. and you know getting all the bannermen and you know winning all these battles against the Lannisters and stuff, Theon Greyjoy is Rob Stark's best friend essentially. Oh, I mean, it he I mean kind of, but you know because up until the time of Ned Stark dying, Theon was living with the Starks and was close in age to Rob. I think he was a little older than Rob Stark, mm. and so. Theon and and Rob were were pretty close, and and I Theon see. was like a ruthless. He actually was pretty ruthless. He, uh, I don't know how brave he was, but actually, now that I think about it, I'm ninety percent sure he actually fought bravely in battles mm. during the Rob Stark Rebellion. I see. So Theon isn't him. So Theon himself is he's immature. He he's a Greyjoy. He yeah. has insecurities, which they portray before he becomes Reek. But he's actually brave as well. So when we come to this scene and people are watching it, I mean, Berto, let me ask you. It's you, okay? What would you do? You yourself happen. You're you know you're sis, you're 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 trained as a as a military person because yep. all those gentry are. Yeah. But you're standing there. Your sister has a knife to her throat. Euron ha- and his men are have slaughtered. All of your men and all these people, everything's burning, and you're standing there. What do you do? You have to try to save her. What? You have to try to save her. Would you do that, though? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would in the moment, because okay, maybe... Well, that's the question. But what, what would I would you certainly do? want to be the what happens. Why? Because that's the, what you got to do. She's your sister, and at this point... It's everyone, suicide. It's, it's only su- suicide because they attacked you. But everyone else died bravely trying to defend the. So the you would you would gladly die. In I'm such- hoping I don't. I'm going to try to kill him. I know you see you're hoping, but would you? That's the. Well, question. I don't know if I kill him, but I try. You would suicide yourself. But I wouldn't look at it like suicide in that moment because it's like it was. He's got my sister. Well, it was basically suicide. But but Huron is a madman, and there are other men around. But they could have all decided as soon as they were getting boarded. Oh, it's suicide to do anything else than run. But instead, they fought. Right? Well, and they, they fought were trying out of self-defense, to. and 
you're and 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 Theon at this point is at it's at the end of the battle. You know, every there's there's all these fierce battling going on. And this isn't to say that there weren't other Greyjoy. I, I would not leave her because at the very least, wow. I would not you want her yourself to be a very brave individual. But it's, not, it's not even that. It's like I know that if I leave her, she's gonna go through the hell of all hell. She is still gonna go through that. No, she's yeah. probably gonna die in the next five minutes. But that's actually better than what is probably gonna happen. Well, to her. again, as with Cersei, logically, you got to break it down in terms of percentages of 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 likelihood. So in that moment, the what's the likelihood that Theon could have prevailed and killed Theon and saved Yara? Almost zero. Right. And and in Theon's and character, li- it would have been very out of character for him to try. And, okay. And it log- even if he was quote unquote brave, logically speaking, it doesn't do any good to just throw yourself onto the sword when the same thing is going to happen to Yara, when, if you jump, maybe you could come back another day, as he is doing, and actually prevail. But but that so, that, so the reason I like the scene where he's coming back is because they kept him consistent in the sense that he was still on on the verge of, of backing out, even though there was no sword anymore. It was just a dude and his fists, right? And even though there was no current threat to assist or anything like that. This is when he's battling yeah, yeah. the other great episode seven. And yet, in a normal Hollywood movie, this is where he becomes a badass kung fu master. Yeah. And instead, he doesn't. He gets his ass kicked. And and then, you, this is arguable, but then only sort of out of last-minute desperation, he kind of lands a good punch and grabs him and kills, and then kills the guy. Right. Right. And then that, and leaves him wounded and stuff, but that's enough for them to gain respect for him to like, okay, Lao, let's go. But wouldn't you say this is just as even, just as much or maybe even more of a suicide mission because it's now just not him. Technically speaking, if you were analyzing it from a distance, all of them were likely to die now. Well, because they're going to all try to infiltrate what? How, what are they? What's their plan? But they potentially have a better chance now that now that Euron might not be expecting them or whatever. But yeah, you're right. But at the same time, in the moment, you're standing there, all you know, everything, all hope is lost, and Euron is, you know, threatening. It, it just when he jumped, I was like, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> oh, I definitely could see it, and and I was glad he did because because I, I that is what I expected him to do. Yeah. Now. What I thought was going to happen is he was going to pull a Hollywood maneuver and rescue his sister. And, and then I would have enjoyed it in the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I – so people on the internet are saying, well, he's reek and no, I, I don't buy I that. can't That's believe he did that. And I'm just like – and all I want to say is like how many of you people commenting on Reddit would have done something different? Well, right, but they are. But to be fair, they're also comparing him to other characters of the show. So, like Jon Snow would never have jumped. You right, Jon Snow yeah. would not have jumped. Yeah. But but Theon is more of a regular human who has like regular That's... like insecurities and and weaknesses and you know and doesn't trust himself. I mean, because I... back because back up just five minutes before that moment, he's downstairs with his sister as. Uh, the Dornish uh, queen and Yara are about to go at it, and and Theon is serving them uh, alcohol. You know, yeah. So Theon doesn't at this moment consider himself to be like 
an alpha male, so to no. speak. And, and, and that's clear even back when his sister, when he encounters his sister, uh, way before Ramsey, you know? Like, uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, he was more, he had more vim and vigor, as yeah, they but say. Like but. his sister would have kicked his ass then. Yeah, yeah. And then his dad treated him like a little, yeah. little wuss. Yeah. Okay. So episode three. Uh, but for do let's take a break. What do you say? Yeah. All right, we're back from the break. Episode three. Let's try to go through this. John and Onion Knight arrive at Dragonstone. John is scared of dragons. Onion Knight is that the uh, spider? Davos? No. Oh, Davos is the uh, Sir, Davos. Sir Davos. Sir Davos is the Onion Knight. What? Varys. Why is, is the it spider. called the Onion Knight? Because when Stannis during Robert's rebellion, you know Robert, yeah. Robert and Ned, or Stannis being Robert's younger brother, had to hold. The Baratheon Castle, I believe, and Storm's End, I think it is, and they were besieged by, I think, a Targaryen army, and so that Rob could sort of be mobile and gather more armies and attack King's Landing. It's very complicated, but anyway, Stannis was under siege and couldn't get supplies, and they started to uh, starve. Stannis and the other Baratheon men. Oh, okay. And so they started eating like every. Well, they started eating everything, and then uh, Sir Bra- Sir uh, Davos, who was just Davos at the time, he was just a smuggler, smuggled in a bunch of onions. Oh, and I think other vegetables. I'm not sure, but and and provided just enough provisions so that they wouldn't have to surrender or kill themselves. Ah, I see. And so Stannis, <laughs> in thanks, uh, elevated. Davos, who's just a from Flea Bottom, to, to, Sir. to Sir Davos, and then he's he's called the Onion Knight. That's why he's not a fighter. Right. He was never a fighter. No, he's just a he's he's oh. a very poor person from the gutters in Flea Bottom, and rose to a the the you know to the smuggler, and just happened to be oh. at the kind of like I think I think he was helping Stannis because he's thinking, well, if I help Stannis, maybe. He'll, Man, that's he'll reward me. Those are backdrops you really miss in the show because, like, that explains so much more of his character and his decisions and what he right. doesn't do. So, Stannis, being one of the Baratheons, like Ned, you know, Ned Stark yeah. with all the honor, Stannis, be, even though uh, uh, Davos saved the day by smuggling, Stannis couldn't, you know, he said, well, I'll award you by elevating you to a knight, but you're a smuggler, so you need to pay for your crimes. Oh. And so he chopped off all of his fingers on one hand. What? Yeah. So the Onion Knight has no fingers on one hand. Do we know that in the yeah, show? They show that in the in the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So St- Holy shit. <laughs> so Stan, Stan is being, you know, Stannis and Ned Stark really head, you know, head, head, you know, like neck and neck for like the race of the the <laughs> the like stupidly um yeah. uh, 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 what do you call it honorable anyway yeah uh Daenerys demands John to bend the knee John refuses and uh following Tyrion's advice Daenerys grants John access to the iron dragon glass Melisandre hides her presence from John and leaves for Volantis across the narrow sea um we didn't see her again in season 7 so i wonder what if they're if she's ever going to show up again, the the red priestess. Right. She said she said she'll be back because she has to die in that land. So I think we will. 
Yeah. So, you know, and the, the one thing I'm wondering is like, will she come over with the Golden Company? I wonder if she'll worm her way into the Golden Company and mm. maybe mess with them from the inside. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Bran arrives at Winterfell and reveals his newfound role as a three-eyed raven to Sansa. In King's Landing, Euron returns with Ilaria and Tien, I don't know how to pronounce her name, as a gift for Cersei, who promises to marry him after the war is won. Cersei awards him co-control of the military alongside Jaime. Uh, <laughs> Jaime and, and Euron have a nice little uh, exchange. Ooh, there. that was high tension. Yeah. Euron was like asking for sex advice with her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And weren't they talking about fifth base? I think they were talking about... They didn't say fifth base, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was like... Yeah, he was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was like so... What what does she like? Does she like a finger in the ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't she yeah. say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I guess is that fifth base? Would you call that fifth base? Uh, for me, that one's second base. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cersei administers the same poison to uh, to Ilaria's daughter uh, that was used to kill Marcella, forcing Ilaria to watch her daughter die. We never see Ilaria again. She's just rotting away in the in the dungeon. That's right. I suppose. In Old Town, a healed Jorah leaves to find Daenerys. Grey Worm and the Unsullied attack Castle Rock, only to find that it's mostly abandoned. Uh, Jaime led most of the Lannister forces to attack Highgarden, while Euron's fleet ambushes and destroyed the Unsullied ships. By the way, did they ever showed us show us how Grey Worm's able to get out of Casterly Rock? Because they leave the ships in front and part of the army guarding the outside, right. and they have no supplies. So they didn't show us how he got out. I don't think so. The Lannister forces overwhelm Olena's army. Uh, this is There's this really awesome sequence where Jamie is entering Highgarden yeah. and walking upstairs, and you just see the, the, the results of the battle, yes. you know, left and right, dead bodies, and, and, and he's walking up, and he's you know entering Olena's room. Yeah. And then he enters the room, and... There's this awesome scene between the two of them. What do you think of that scene? It was. I like I actually she has been one of my favorite characters in the series. Yeah, yeah. She's so and she's such a veteran actress. She she's just like obviously has a great experience and so she's able to really command those scenes. Yeah. And everyone every scene she's in, she almost always steals them. Um and th- it was great because even in the moment where she knows she's about to die, she's got her composure and she's able to actually worm her way to like still stabbing them one last time. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I, I, there's a number of scenes where the directors and the writers, they, they write in this super clever way that I just have to say, you know, you can have your complaints with the show. Yeah. But watch any other show. <laughs> and you and try to not find ten times more problems. Sure, <laughs> like any other show would have. I don't know. They just would have done it differently. Yeah. Um. And with Olena, she, you know, he he's like, I uh, Cersei wanted to have you dragged behind horses and hung right. from a tree, living and blah blah. And I, you know, decided I asked her to do something else, and so here's here's poison. And he puts it in the wine, and then she's like, "Is it is it painful? Does it hurt?" And he's like, "He's like, nope." And then she just immediately grabs the grabs the the glass and downs it. Just yep. just gook, gook, gook. Gook. and another, and that's another thing that that the directors did here. It actually takes the actress to to drink this wine. Uh, it takes a while. 
it's it's a good like five seconds. You right. Know? She doesn't just shoot it back. It's like gulp, 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 gulp. A little bit more, go up a little bit more, and they they don't move the camera; it just stays yeah. on. Her. You know, it, other people would be like, "This is taking a little long." Let's you know, let's, move it along. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it feels real, you know. Yeah. And I just I I just thought you know I thought she would hesitate. I thought, but she's just like, you know, she knows she's been around the block. Yeah, she knows the drill. She knows there's no way out of it. She's you know probably been thinking about it for the past fifteen minutes anyway. She's yeah. like, well, surely someone's going to come here and kill me. And yeah. she definitely doesn't want the painful options, right? And she's, <laughs> and so she pours the thing, and he doesn't. She doesn't want to give him the satisfaction of like uh, crying or suffering. She's just like, is is it painful? He's like, nope. She's like, okay, boom. You know, knocks it back, and then it's like you know, and slowly starts to reveal. By the way. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is very different from the poison that, you know, I gave Joffrey that yeah. made him suffer so bad. Yes. And you just, and again, and Jamie, the guy who plays that excellent actor, you just see this, the, I, I think Jamie, the actor who plays Jamie, I can't remember his name. He has one of the hardest acting jobs in Game of Thrones because he, he has to exhibit very conflicted feelings, right? Well, he's, he, it is amazing that between the writers and his acting, they somehow have gotten us to the point where we're all sort of rooting for Jamie Lannister. Yeah. The guy who started the series pushing Bran out yeah, of a yeah. window and right. fucking his sister. Yeah, yeah. Like, we were started there, and now we're like, oh, poor Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, you know... Uh, Olen is telling him this and Jamie has so Jamie is feeling Jamie loved his kids yeah but uh, but he, there's all this pain because he had to love them from afar yeah but he also thought that Joffrey was kind of a cunt you know yeah. what I mean as I think they say in the show and uh, he he I don't know there's just all these and he was the Kingsguard so he was supposed to he feels ashamed that he let Joffrey get killed you know? Right, right. Um, and and Joffrey was a king, Lannister. You know, basically yeah. a Lannister kid, even though he's Baratheon by name. But anyway, uh, excellent. Okay, episode four. Arya returns to Winterfell. She's reunited with Sansa. Great scene there. Yeah, uh, she, totally. She she she, she comes to the gate. Again, people online were sort of uh, dogging on this scene, like where Arya comes to the gate, and those two guards are like, you know, fuck off, kid. You're not Arya. Yeah, and. And then they they start to fight, and then she like slips off, and they're they're saying stuff like the the people online were saying stuff like why wouldn't they let Ari in? That's stupid. Well, they don't know it's her, <laughs> right? They don't know it's her, and who's ever seen Arya in that time frame, right? Other than like Sansa, yeah. And what's the <laughs> chance that it's Arya? And yeah, I, they don't have pictures of people hanging around. Right. There's no like internet search. Right. Plus, there's <laughs> plenty of con artists and people who are trying to trick guards. All and those the time. are young kids. Those aren't like yeah the ancient ones that knew all the Starks. Right. And so right. So they. I thought the scene was played out just right. Yeah. You know. If and, anything, you could say like, why is there such little protection at the gates? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so that made total sense. And then Arya slips off, and then. Goes to the catacombs, runs into Sansa. What did you think of that scene? Yeah, I thought that was great because at this point, um, I hadn't yet started getting annoyed with uh, uh, with Arya. Hmm. So it was cool. Now, I had forgotten how little they liked each other. Right. So at first, I was weirded out by the fact. I'm like, wait, you guys are like sisters. You haven't seen each other for so long. Where's the like tearful embrace? Yeah. 
but then someone reminded me and I was like, oh, yeah, plus Arya is now like more of an assassin and Sansa's had to grow up like 60 years in two years. But they did have a nice moment <laughs> yeah, in, in the did. catacombs. Yeah. You know, they did have a nice moment, which was, I again, I've been waiting 15 years for this right. or maybe 13 years since right. they were separated. The last time they saw each other was the day that Ned Stark was captured, I think. Uh, when he was uh, brought to the dungeon, yeah, because that's when uh, the Lannister men killed all the all the all the Stark men who were in King's Landing, and they were probably going to kill Arya. Well, they were going to at least capture her. Capture, they and that's where the swordsmen her. helped her escape, right? right? Yeah. And then she escaped yeah. into actually into the place where the where the dragon bones were, right? Um, and where we later see in this season with Cersei. And so, and that was what mid season one, <laughs> mid game, mid book one. I've been yeah. waiting this long for Arya wow. to, to bump into at least one other Stark, <laughs> and and, oh, and so this moment was a big moment. I loved it. I I can't tell you the the nerd energy sure. that was pouring out of me in this moment. Uh, she spar she spars with Brienne, which was great. See, that's a, that was a great scene when uh, oh, yeah. Arya and Brienne go after it, go at it. Um. Bran unemotionally bids farewell to Mira, divulging that he no longer is the boy that she accompanied him. Um, and isn't this when we have that scene with Littlefinger and the knife? Right. So Littlefinger gives Bran the knife that was previously used in his attempted assassination. What do you he, think about this scene? Yeah, and he doesn't. He he makes it sound like it's a different knife. Right. right? He's just like, here's this, this yeah. knife. Yeah. Um, it was a very clever scene given what we finally saw. Right. Because at the time it seemed odd, right? Yeah. It's almost like Bran is uh, legitimizing Littlefinger because he's certainly not calling him out, right? And he isn't that when he says... He says chaos is a ladder. Is a ladder, yeah. Right. So that's a... It took... I had no idea what that referred to. I had to look it up. I'm like, what What did he say? Like, is... At first... It refers to something? Well, I mean, I get the expression, but I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're first like, so what What did you think it was? Oh, okay. So when it played in real time, I actually misheard it. I thought he said chaos is a word. So I was like, uh, it is. <laughs> but then later someone's like, no, no, he said chaos is a ladder. I'm like, oh, that's clever. So like what I got from it is, you know, normally people think, oh, chaos, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. But if you're trying to be Machiavelli, if you're trying to like climb a, right. a, a thing, well, chaos gives you more opportunities than order. Right. Because in order, it's like, that's the king. Yeah. That's the duke. Right. You are nobody. And that's exactly <laughs> Littlefinger's shtick. Right. Is chaos. So season one, I think, uh, Littlefinger says, chaos is, chaos is, chaos isn't, he's talking to Varys. Yeah. And that's in the room, right? They're, yeah. They're, they're like talk, looking at the game, at uh, the throne. I think so. I think they're the, yeah. yeah. And, and you can see Littlefinger kind of, kind of gazing at the throne. Yeah. And I think somehow they get to talking about chaos and, and he says, chaos isn't a pit. It's chaos is a ladder. Oh. And, and so, when, so when Bran says it to him, little, I didn't remember. Littlefinger's like, wait, that's what I say. How do you, even, how would you even know that? Right. So at this point, Bran is just kind of screwing with Littlefinger a little bit. I didn't remember that. Well, I didn't either. I had to look it up. Okay. And then I was like, oh. I just thought it was like, so the funny thing is in, when I, when I, when I heard what he actually said, I started getting this feeling of, oh, Bran is so detached. It's almost like uh, Dr. Manhattan in, yeah. in you know, he's, he's so detached that he's like, I'll allow your chaos climbing ladder BS. Right. But instead, he was 
warning the shit out of him. It's like, right. I know where you've been. Right. He was kind of messing with him. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought, too. I thought, oh. well, at first I thought, well, Brand's really lost it because he's saying something just completely disconnected right. from what's happening. And then later on, I was like, oh, so he's kind of, is he like saying, well, you know, Littlefinger, you know, let him have his thing. Right. But anyway, no, he's later on we find out. That's yeah. definitely okay. Uh, Littlefinger says that it's the dagger that was used. He actually tells him, he says, you know, this was yeah. um, used in that. Um, incidentally, so that was when, uh, so this dagger, there's a lot of callbacks to, to season one. There's a lot of callbacks right. to that early. Because when Brant, when Jamie pushed him out of the window to protect their relationship, which, which would yeah. have, I mean, Again, when it, when we first see that scene, we're like, I can't believe that evil Jamie pushed him out, out of the window. Yeah. But put yourself in Jamie and and Cersei's shoes at that moment. Oh, certainly. But if, if Bran if Bran lives, they both die because because yes. Robert would kill both of them and their kids. You yeah. Know I mean? that, that's how murderers operate in this sense. It's like most most humans, as we've talked about before, are not psychopaths. Most right. humans. If or, they or are sadists, murdering, or sadists, yeah. yeah, right. If they are murdering, it's yeah. normally because they stand to gain or lose or a lot, you know. Uh, maybe. I mean, in the real world, there's a lot of murders that are based on like rage and alcohol. Sure, <laughs> but but anyway. Uh, so you know, they push Bran out, and then and then. But the way, by the way, but the way he does it, he says uh, the things is, I do for love, and just push. And it's it's it's. At that point, you you know, I know it's just writing, but at that point, you sort of get the sense that he really cares nothing about human life, right? Right. He's just like, whatever. Yeah. So, right. Uh, but Jamie kind of goes on a journey with, yeah. actually with Brienne mainly yes. is, is the journey. But so, so, uh, so then Bran is recovering. He hasn't woken up yet. Right. And the Lannister and Jamie and Cersei are like, geez, I hope he dies. Yeah. And this assassin shows up with this with this fancy knife, and everyone thinks, "Oh, it must be the Lannisters, right?" We but, all thought that. Yeah, we were led, led to think that. But actually, Littlefinger, it was Littlefinger's knife, and L- I think Littlefinger hired the assassin to kill Bran. And so, and wh- do we know why? I think because chaos is a ladder, and and if if we can get the Starks and the Lannisters I to see. hate each other, yeah, then. He can sneak his way in, which is kind of what happened. Mm. So I, I think I think that's. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, da, da, da. Okay. So Cersei assures the Iron Bank that they will get their money back, uh, and they actually do get the money back because a bunch of money comes from Highgarden and all that gold. That's right. And it, but what? Ahead. Okay, because the gold that they lose is the one that was headed back to to King's Landing. No, they they. They got it back to King's Landing. No, no, because they got attacked by the dragon. The, the gold was already at, at King's Landing. Oh, so they didn't lose the gold. Right. They lost supplies and they men. They lost supplies and men. Yeah. Okay. And I think sort of like the end. I mean, and that's actually an accurate portrayal of medieval deployment. Sure. Is you would have miles and miles of yeah. supplies and men. And You'd have to, yeah. Right. And so, all right. In a cave filled with dragon glass, uh, I hated the scene. Um, John reveals the ancient paintings on the wall to Daenerys. What would you think of this scene? Um, 
I didn't hate it, but uh, it it was like the Lascaux caves or whatever. Right. They're seeing the. Uh, it was a little too heavy on the nose. Like it was right on the nose. Like they, they're look like, at yeah. these. It tells the story. Yeah. There's the White Walkers. Right. It's just. <laughs> it's like one. It was like someone just. Drew, I mean, it was so dumb, and it was too convenient. That's they're gonna go look for the glass. Yeah. Like oh. Here's the story. <laughs> yeah. And it was like laid out like a comic book. Yeah. It was yeah. like, here's scene one. Here's scene two. Yeah. Uh, that was one problem I had with it. The other one was, even with that super obvious drawing to make it look like, you know, the White Walkers, you still couldn't really tell what it was. Cause, of course know, not. Because you look at the White Walker drawings and it's like, well, that could be a lot of things. Mean people. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, we know that giants exist. Right. Right, so giants haven't been debated, right? Yeah, they have. Like until um, until the beginning of the, oh, okay, the book, okay. most people say oh, okay, giants, fine, they're fine. legends. Fine, know. fine, fine. Um, okay, but but from someone who owns three dragons, you would think believability would be a little easier, right? right, right. <laughs> All right. Theon arrives back at Dragonstone, and John says that he won't kill him because he saved Sansa. What'd you think about this? Oh, um, does that make sense? Should John have? Should John have? Uh, not killed Theon in that moment. Uh, well, Theon doesn't really even ask for mercy. He just kind of walks up in this kind of weak state. And- well, John doesn't know all the all the details, so it's not like John knows that he murdered kids trying to make it look like they were his own. You know, like they were the 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 Stark kids. He might he might know that. I don't. I, I get the sense that he knows that he betrayed the family. Yeah, and then. He also knows that he did save Sansa. So when you weigh that, well, he and betray- John was not a murderer. He, how did he betray the family? Um, he, he invaded he, Winterfell and killed a bunch of Winter, a yeah, bunch of Stark people. That's true. You know, all it, right, fair enough. It's it's pretty awful. Fair enough. I mean, he and plus he actually doesn't know all the shit that he did go through. Right. That, right. So it's not like that can weigh in. Right. Yeah, that's a little tough. It's right. almost like. He gets the benefit of the doubt because we are the viewers. I mean, I guess, right. I think that's the thing. It's like we don't, as viewers, don't want John to kill Theon. Yeah. But if you come from John's point of view, it's like... It'd I be think like, thank you good- for saving Sansa. Slice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to get... I've wanted to get revenge on you ever since I heard that you invaded Winterfell and killed our men. Yeah. And and tried to kill my brothers. The you know one mean? counter is that in this way, John is too much like Ned. And in fact, he's shown mercy when many people were like, don't show mercy. And in fact, that's what got him killed in the first place. Mercy. So, but also, Ned was, was ruthless when that one uh, crow was found uh, okay. south of the wall. He chopped off his head. Fine. So, so Not so, Ned. You're so, right. So Theon... Did something against the law, essentially, yeah. and yeah. King of the North would have chopped us out. Not Ned. I, that, that, you're right. I was thinking Ned was too trusting, but that you're right. It, that's not the right analogy. John repeatedly has given a chance to people that fully, outright betrayed him and tried to kill him. But he also killed those those crows who who did stab him. Well, finally. Yeah. Finally. Later, Danny learns of the sacking of Highgarden by Lannister forces and realizes her attack on Casterly Rock was a distraction. Despite Tyrion's protest, she, she decides to take action. Okay, so she gets on Drogon and rides to and gets the you know Dothraki cavalry and rides to the Lannister army. Man, what did you think of this scene? So on the one hand, I thought the scene was amazing. I loved the dragon attacking. Really cool visuals. The problem I had with it 
but it's been explained to me from an angle that's okay. The problem I had with it is the way that the music and the way it was filmed and the way they were showing us Tyrion, I felt like they were trying to make me feel like, oh God, the humanity, right? And I understand war is terrible. But it was hard for me to empathize too much because I'm like, oh, these are the people that are trying to kill and rage. That was not that was not my sense. I didn't get a sense like the directors were trying to make us feel bad. Well, they kept showing Tyrion looking around at all the destruction, and they kept showing us the bodies go, and they kept showing the dragon, and it was I, man, you know, oh, I don't know, maybe I have a different sort of heart, but I was like laughing my ass off when the Lannisters were, were getting. Well, me too. Land. I was enjoying it, which is precisely why I was like. Don't make this about like oh they shouldn't be using such more so much but violence. I, I don't think they were. I think I think they were scratching an itch for all of us that that we've and I think Tyrion was on hand to to, to react to when Jamie eventually does what Jamie. I I disagree because a Tyrion was against it. Yeah, I, right. Right. He had told her not to do it. He was against it. Uh, we show that she ends up almost paying a penalty by losing the dragon. Actually. Maybe, given episode seven, when Tyrion and Cersei have a conversation that we never see, yeah. remember when they're trying to broker a deal, yeah. maybe we're leading to some sort of Tyrion, like uh, Lannister, uh, pro-Lannister feelings that, that, that Tyrion has. I don't know. Anyway. But, I, don't, okay. I can't believe that one. But, but then... Because and and then they keep it going because then in the whole thing about uh, Tyrion begging for the lives and of the people. By the way, I don't want to say pro Lannister. I want to say like sympathy. You know, not like he doesn't want to eliminate his house and his people. You know what I mean? Like I think maybe that, that Jamie. I, mean, I don't mean pro like yeah. like he's gonna. You know, he's like a double agent. Oh sure, he's probably gonna. Well, he already begged for lives of people that were fully right. right. So I think that was his face. He was just like. We don't need to kill, you know, people. Could be. And either way, though, I was definitely enjoying the scene in spite of that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was amazing. I mean, again, think of another TV show, <laughs> any other, even Walking Dead, any TV show right. with with a or even a movie for that matter. Think of a movie right. that could pull off a scene like that and not have you just go. Oh my! What right, right, you know? Right. There were s- th- several scenes where you have it's such a tough thing to shoot because they actually had practical effects where things were exploding yeah. in, in real life. Yeah, and then you have to put a dragon above it with with dragon fire coming down and make it look all real. Yep. And, and then you have actual battling between yeah. Dothraki and and it's just one episode of a show. Yeah. It, well, yeah. it's one scene of one, one episode, scene of yeah. one episode. Yeah. And actually the. Cavalry versus infantry. I, I'm a. I've in the past five years become a bit of a nerd when it comes to that era of fighting, and the uh, way they portrayed it was actually pretty accurate. Yeah, it was great. There, there, you know, the things that you can do against ca- uh, cavalry is spears. Yep. So you just have to stand. Pikes. Yeah, yeah. you have you have to get a line and stand there. Everything I know about this, by the way, I learned from. Age of Empires, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they, but they were they would break through, you yeah. know, and they would, and the dragon would create a line, and so the Dothraki would pour through and right. get, get him from behind, and then, you know, you see Jamie like uh, archers on me, and you know, there's all this like 
actual military tactics and and yeah. the way it would feel for that kind of situation. But as Jamie pointed out later, they were also like these Lannisters. A lot of them are young. Yeah, they're not seeing that many battle at this point, and they're facing these vicious kids are raised as warriors. Right. Like there's no contest. <laughs> right. Right. So, but yeah, great scene. Um, and we see there, there's actually a moment where Dickon, Dickon saves Jamie. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, and, uh, anyway, so, and then that scene when Jane, so Bronn manages to shoot the dragon, uh, Daenerys lands to tend to the wounded dragon. And then Jamie sees an opening grabs a lance slash spear, uh, gets on his horse and and just rides. It's like, here's my chance. You See, know? that's the opposite of Theon. <laughs> right, exactly. And, well, that and uh, he had a chance. You know, if oh, it, <laughs> I mean, it's a dragon. He got pretty well. He got pretty close. You know, yeah. I mean, like maybe the dragon would be looking the other way. Who knows? But anyway, the point is, is Jamie's yeah. like, well, I'm a warrior. That's yep. who I am. Yep. I, yep. you know, and that's I just I got chills watching that scene because yeah, it's it great. was so knight like, right? It's like yeah. it's a knight in shining armor. You get on your horse, you get a lance, you charge. Ron's ability to survive, by the way, is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that I didn't like. I mean, one, Bron came out of nowhere. I mean, where was he during right. this situation? Two, they they go into a river that is they, a like, lake, right? No, yeah. it's a. I think it's it's a river, and they they land just a little bit off of the shore, and it's deep, and it is like endless depth it's yeah. like it's like the, the i thought it was the lake okay well, well whatever regardless yeah it's it's eternally deep like just a few feet off and, and with that armor i'm sorry right. you're, you're not dragging jamie easily without others seeing it including the dragon right <laughs> right i mean both of them are basically encumbered i mean bron bron <laughs> isn't in a in a onesie you know he's he's, <laughs> he's dressed in like leather and he's got weapons right. and i stuff. could see bron swimming but dragging a fully armored Jamie, right? Yeah, that that was ridiculous. What what they should have done was one, they should have just had if they wanted to have Bronn save him, have Bronn. You know, they go into the water, and don't show the depth. Just just be like, just, you know, yeah, you don't know what some happened. water. But yeah, yeah. One, two. Uh, if it was a real situation, they would have to come up to breathe. At which point the dragon would go, oh, there they are. Yeah, well, what, what could have helped that is they should have shown another threat that makes her realize, oh, we got we to gotta go. Right. They've already shot him once. Now these other guys are coming to attack, trying to uh, stand up for what they think just happened to Jamie. Right. Like, you know, whatever. Just fly right. away. Or, or make it a river river yeah. that, like, just washes oh, him away. Oh, that's even better. Because you know then, I mean? then yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But, but it's like they, they end the episode with him... Falling into the right. depths. But we know, but also annoyingly, we know he's not about to die. Because the writers now don't like, you know, they're not George Martin. No. And so that's one of the problems that that has started is that now they're making the characters yeah. too precious. Like when, well, well, and there's always like something that comes out yes. of nowhere. Like when John also drowns. Yeah. If water. they had been writing the first season. Then what we all thought was going to happen right before they behead Ned Stark would have happened. Right. Which is that last second arrow, yeah. that last second thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's take a break and we get back. We'll continue. What do you say, Berto? Yes, let's do it. As always, Berto, I always think these episodes are going to be like, yeah, you know, we'll talk for about 45 minutes. <laughs> we have now been talking, I think, for two hours. You chose to do all seven well, episodes. Well, somehow I just, I think that we're not going to talk that long. But anyway, okay. Uh, episode five. Jamie and Bron return, you know, they, they emerge from the water. They return to King's Landing uh, with the gold to buy the Golden Company, by the way. Uh, they don't know that yet. Against Tyrion's advice, Daenerys has Drogon burn Randall and Dickon Tarly alive uh, uh, da, 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 for, for being loyal to Cersei. Which, by the way, that part, I I totally was on her side. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not advocating dragons burning people here or anything. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, look. Not all dragons. She's, she gave them all a choice. Take a knee. Right. You don't want to take a knee. I'm going to have to do something about right. it. And it's not like she said, okay, because your two leaders didn't take a knee, I'm going to kill all of you. No, right. she said, you two, come here. You're dead. Right. Yeah, totally. And killing the leader is really a mercy uh, to the human life count. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, but I love and that And that scene. fire is instant. It's not I, like, you know. Right. And I love that scene. Randall Tarley is, he's a dick. But he's also, you know, because he was a dick yeah. to, to Samuel. But he's also a consummate lord, right? He's yes. a consummate warrior. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to bend the knee. That's, I know you're going to kill me, and that's just how it is, or you're probably yeah. going to kill me. And so that was pretty badass. And then Dickon, right. total, you know, sweetheart of a kid, like, never, had never seen it, dead people. You know, he's it. talking to Brant, Bron and Jamie about yeah. the, the, the um the Tyrells dying and he's yes. just like he's like it's different than I thought it was. There's a there's like a lot of gore. Yeah. You know, they a lot of poo. People shit themselves. <laughs> and so and Dickon's like, I'm gonna go down with my dad and then you know and Randall's like, No yeah. and then but at the very end Randall reaches out for Dickon's hand and they hold hands as as they get burnt alive. Yep. Just a just an amazing scene that again Think of another show that could pull that off. You yeah. know, that's well, all other shows. It would be something different. People would be cleaner. Their eyebrows would look better. Yep. You know. Well, and again, that one stays more true to like because you think they're not going to kill the kid. He's she's going to be merciful. No, nope. right. They're both burned. Yeah, she's like, nope, you know, and that's it. And no consequence, you know, like yeah. they don't work in some morality thing no, that will no, come no. back and haunt her. It's just like, well, that's just it. Cersei says something interesting here again, as I was saying earlier. She's in this this is when she says, So I so I should fight and die or submit and die, is what she says. So I think like I was saying earlier, according to her perspective, she's like, I can't I you know, I either submit and die or I fight and die. Anyway, we've already gone. Over and this that. is before she knows about the White Walkers, but she's right. talking about the fact that there's these dragons. Right. Yeah. Jorah arrives at Dragonstone and reunites with uh, Daenerys. Uh, what do you think about Jorah and his soul situation? Well, it's like he's this combination of a father figure to Daenerys, but he's always sort of been in love with Daenerys, and he's had unrequited yeah. <laughs> affections there. Um, I felt his character has been a, a very interesting one, because when he started, he was like this total badass. Yeah. And I mean, warrior badass, right? And he could like pretty much defeat almost anyone. But as the as the show went on, they started showing us his age, 
And that was good because, sure, when he was in the gladiator pit, he still beat, but but it wasn't easy. Like, it came with a little difficulty. And then, do you remember when they were fighting against the insurrectionists and stuff? He was struggling a little bit, and it wasn't as... Uh, so, so I think they've done a good job of like, yeah, he's a badass, but he's getting old. Right. So I like that. And then the reunion was sweet because, you know, I think he's kind of come to terms with his place in the whole Daenerys situation. Yeah. But he promised her and he's like a man of his word and he's a true knight. Right. They depict that well with him and with Brienne in that knights, for the most part, were eternally loyal. It was like the Bushido code of... of of samurai, yeah. You you serve your master uh, unquestioningly, it's, yeah. and it's your ticket to heaven in some ways. Yeah, yeah, they weren't looking at it like if I just put in a little more time, maybe I'll be king. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it is what it is. This is me. Yeah, yeah, right. John learns that Bran and Arya are alive. He just sort of catches wind of that news, which I didn't like that scene because John was all business he was just yeah. sort of like okay interesting da 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 and i'm thinking if john found out that two more of his yeah. siblings are alive he would have had a, at least i wish they would have given a, a little happiness in that yeah. moment to indicate that he cared you know? shock amazement what yeah especially because he's the one because you're waiting for the aria john reunion because they had such a nice relationship exactly John decides to travel beyond the wall and capture a white in order to convince Cersei. Oh, my God. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, my God. This one started pissing me off. Because, first of all, they're showing that Tyrion is making bad recommendations. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or if it's just kind of like, hey, he makes some right, he makes some wrong. But, you know, he was wrong about the ship attack. You know, he was right. wrong about Casterly Rock. Right. He And then he said... And then from, I think from Daenerys' perspective, he said, don't take the dragon, but she took the dragon and it sort of worked. So like, you know, and then now he's like, yeah, I think that's a good plan. <laughs> when, when the plan, even without all the context we have as viewers, I, I'd have to ask several questions like, wait a minute, why do you think there's going to be like a lone walker? Right. Number one. Number two, um, if you're getting in range of a lone walker, doesn't it mean that you're now kind of in the range of where the other ones are? Right. In which case, like, you don't know what you're going to encounter. And so are you going to take all our best warriors with you? Like, yeah. all well, these- they weren't, they were expendable, you, you know, not John. John and Jorah well, and the redhead guy. They're expendable. And the hound. They're expendable. Well, okay, fine. Now I'm talking as a viewer. You're right. But, but I was just like, but yeah, that's I, a dumb plan. Well, I just, I was like, well, okay, so here's the question then. What else, what el- What other option is available to them at this point? Okay, yeah, and that's a great question. So first of all, I think that the assumption that Tyrion is making about his sister, unless he actually is subterfuging, like, I think that's a weird assumption to make like that, that his sister, Cersei Lannister, would, is going to sit there and be like, yeah. well, that's a scary thing that you're showing me. I guess I'll join oh, I you guess guys. I'll join. Especially because if I were Cersei, I'd be like, an undead creature? Hmm. Uh, the mountain is right here. He's undead. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just felt like that was extremely naive. And then, and then John likes to put himself in these like, like, oh, I'm just going to go do it anyways, even though yeah. it's suicide. <laughs> I sort of felt like they, the writers were looking for a reason for an excursion in Beyond the Wall with John or with somebody, probably John, because in this season they wanted there to be some encounter, but they couldn't have 
a full-on encounter because that's next season in, ter- in terms of the ar- yeah, li- sure. army, the living army against the dead. Like what would have been better or whatever. But is- well, I, well, I'm trying. Okay, so so the the situation they're dealing with is they need to get Cersei to ally with them, and they don't have time to have a full-on war with Cersei, you know. And so, you know, what other options are available? Um, and and I think they do a sort of a long shot anyway. I think Jon Snow is like, well, I might die, it might not work, but it's our only chance. And so you have to wonder what is what's another chance. The other thing is is none of them really know Cersei. Um, I guess Tyrion knows Cersei, so she he would have been able to advise them. But anyway, it's, like just brainstorm, like what else could they have done? Well, could, could, they one- just, could they have stayed the course and just say, "Well, let's battle it out with Cersei and try to eliminate her off the map, and then we'll go north." Well, <laughs> right. For one thing, it seems like um, they. I, I'm assuming that Cersei still gets word from the Wall. I mean, for one thing, there is a wall to begin with, right? Right. So, like... Well, the wall, by this point, is people mostly considered a wall for the free folk. Okay, fine. Not not against the white walkers. I I guess I feel like, given how slow they move, either they were about to reach the wall or it was going to take them a long time. If it was going to take them a long time, then it was not a desperation moment. But it seems like they were close to the wall. So... Something that could have happened is like, look, we're not going to attack. We're going to let Cersei know something is about to to happen to the wall. Don't take our word from it. Send a couple emissaries. Don't send your army. I'm not asking. Send a couple emissaries to just watch on the wall and then tell you what they see. Right, yeah. And by then, they didn't have a dragon, so but, they, they but, wouldn't have been able to take down the wall. Right, yeah. Well, so that's the whole other thing. It's like, if they hadn't done what they had done, would the wall still be standing? Yes! Because the wall has this magical power to keep the white walkers uh back and oh does it i didn't know that yeah so the so the wall had magic oh. that prevented the whites from even crossing it even though sometimes they were able to cross it but well that's even dumber because i didn't know that but they didn't tell us that in the show so in right. the show they could have not uh, i think they did tell us that in the show but anyway yeah there's all these other options uh, yeah i think it was a, a pretty cheap plot device to get an encounter because there's because how else would you write in and you got to have an encounter it's 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 a story after all it's not an accurate portrayal yeah. of an event so like how do you write in a story to get an encounter beyond the wall like maybe, I think- maybe someone's up there maybe bran is still up there and calls out to john and says you got to come get me i mean that could have worked it, yeah that's what i was going to suggest like either they have to rescue someone or maybe there was some piece piece of the puzzle that they need to go get, like for like example, another dragon glass uh, quarry or something. It was just tricky, but I I, I think it is what it is, uh, and they fully committed to the. You know, I was thinking like at some point they were going to be like that was a bad idea, but no, they fully committed to it. Yeah. So then they formed that plan. <laughs> yeah. So Sir Davos smuggles Tyrion into King's Landing. Tyrion secretly meets with Jamie, uh, Jamie and off, offers an armistice. Um, I love those scenes between Jamie and and Tyrion. Yes, very good. Um, Cersei accepts the offer to meet. Cersei informs Jamie that she's pregnant. Do you think? She, do you think she's pregnant? Oh yeah, you do. I do think so. How do you know? She's she could be lying. No, she could be lying, but I don't see a. I don't think she's got a reason to lie. Yeah, she does. She wants to manipulate Jamie and but and, why and Tyrion? I think it's totally up in the air. No, but that one seemed to have worked against her with Tyrion. 
No, because I think she's trying to trick Tyrion into thinking that she cares about the future in which she actually doesn't care about the future. Do you know Be- what I mean? Well, sure, to get him to think she was making a, a deal with them. Right. That's fair. Um, so, you know, maybe... we. I, Okay, that's fair. I she think could we, be lying. We, don't, we just don't know. She could be lying. You know, yeah. like she like is it beyond her to lie about such a thing? Uh, no. Uh, is it out, actually also possible that she's pregnant with Jamie's kid because they were you know doing yeah. it? Okay. Davos uh, retrieves Gendry and returns him to Dragonstone. He's got a big hammer now. Like yes, his, he like, does. Like his dad, but it's got super badass hammer, and he yeah. kills those two those two King's Landing guards. Yes. Um, Davos tells Gendry to lie when you know he's like, "We're so we're going to meet up with Jon Snow now." I just want you to say your name. Your name is my, you're, you're my nephew, and your <laughs> yeah. name is your name is Clovis. Okay, and then Gendry just walks right up to him and says, "I'm the bastard son." Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that? I thought that was awesome. Yeah. But for one thing, I had forgotten he was alive. I didn't. So so <laughs> like I have in the in the books. He, I think in the books he is dead. Well, I thought that he died at the hands of the Red Witch. No, he, I think Davos actually saves him and like gives him a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it after the fact, but but before I saw him, oh. I was like, I thought he was dead. Man, I got chills when I had that. I got chills a lot of scenes, but when Davos is like, I have some business to do. I'm like, what business? <laughs> and then he, and then we see this scene of a smith, right? Right. And I'm like, oh my god, it's Gendry. Yeah. Well, and then, and then theoretically, he's actually potentially Cersei's son from Robert. No. Right. No, he's not Cersei's son. He, he might be. How could he be Cersei's son? You because she ball? says that she had a son from Robert and that she took care of it. And it died. Well, we don't know. Oh, no. Gendry is this... It's We know who Gendry's mother is. Cause Who's Gen- the mother? Well, Gendry was raised by her. It was, a, I think, a... You well, know, we don't know a, that that's his mother. Um, okay. But in the books and in the okay. show, they clearly talk about how Robert Baratheon had bastards no, all over town. But that's great misdirection, right? I suppose. Yeah. But, because, like, think about what that would mean. That would mean he, and I know that it's technically the Targaryens have the bigger claim or whatever, but out of the whole no, either way, line. Either way, he is actually in line. So because because Robert Baratheon didn't have any um, offspring with Cersei, then you immediately go toward. But, but, they, but people don't know that, right? What do you mean they don't know? Well, that? Cersei's not going to admit that. And so. Like, no, well, it's not like Cersei's going to be, oh, well, I guess Gendry's king. Now. Right, right. No, but but the people, if you rise Gendry, Gendry's not likely to be in that position, but Gendry does have a legitimate, uh, you know, yes. uh, it, it, claim to the throne. Not, I don't think Gendry cares. He doesn't seem like right, the sort of person right, who right. wants to be king. I, I was just I was just thinking that if but he was, anyway, it's if pretty, we, it's, if he was the actual non-bastard son that would make it even more powerful yeah but i think it's it's pretty certain that gendry is the son of a wench or a prostitute who worked in king's Landing. but think about the sweet justice if towards the end of cersei's career she finds out that that's actually her son <laughs> and like he and jamie kill her <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Gendry. I as soon as Gendry came on the scene, I was like, "Yes, Gendry." Okay, um, and again, my guess is is Martin will not have this, you know, satisfaction in the show <laughs> that uh, I think Gendry will not be talked about in the books ever again. 
Uh, with the Citadel ignoring the threat from beyond the wall, Samwell leads several, or he steals several books and leaves with Gilly and little Sam. At Winterfell, Littlefinger notices Arya spying on him and leads her to, you know, find the letter. Beyond the wall, John, Jorah, and Gendry, and the Hound, and the Brotherhood of Ban- of uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners, and a group of free folk led by Tormund leave Eastwatch and pass the wall, intending to capture White as evidence for Cersei that the army of the dead is still real. By the way, I I, I was pretty upset that Arya was duped by Littlefinger. Yeah, because. I mean, she has been trained by the best. Yeah, as that was happening, I was, I was like, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what happened was they didn't know that Littlefinger was screwing with them until quite right. toward the end. Right. So, so yeah, that whole thing. You know, whenever you have a rom com and like you got to have that moment yes. where the couple hates each other yes. at the end and then they come back together. Right. I thought this was totally like that. It was like so. Arya finds this letter that was written by Sansa while she was being tormented by Joffrey yeah. and Cersei right. to ask Rob to not fight and to bend the knee, to, to have peace, essentially. And, and it was written long ago. Right. And for that, Arya is going to complete it, not only like be angry at Sansa. But maybe kill her. Which makes sense. So you, you yeah. can be angry. But... To consider Arya like a threat, yeah, like like, or to consider Sansa a threat, like she yeah. she not only is angry, but she's like, you know, you want to be queen, don't right, you? Right, You're right. a schemer. It's like, how? Do, well, okay, I I understand if you would think that Sansa was scared or even a Lannister, sure. like collaborator at the now, time. They are kids, yeah. So, but at the that. same time, I ju- I just felt like. That's yeah. a pretty weak premise for a character like Arya, who seems kind of smart. Well, and someone else pointed out to me, reminded me, that Arya served the Lannisters. Right. Arya served <laughs> uh, Tywin. So so someone could be like, how come you didn't kill him when you had the chance? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're both little girls. They're yes. trying to survive. Exactly. I, I don't... Yeah. Uh, so that whole scene, I was and, like, what? And I, and I also didn't... like. Look, she's someone who can obviously be invisible. Because you remember when she's watching Littlefinger. We've seen that these uh, people, these assassins, what do they call them? Uh, no face. No faces. They can be invisible. Faceless men. Or so when, it, when he turns to look, she's not there. Yeah. It was too easy for him to spy on her. Well, he's really good. So, so that part, I felt like he was playing it pretty well. The leap that she would get so angry at Sansa so quickly seemed... Really frustrating, you know, like just didn't, guess, it didn't but seem an realistic. assassin like that, and she can't look around to make sure he's not well, spying on but her. Littlefinger is very good, you know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, they're there, those are two, Fine. you know, very experienced people. Fine. Um, and then that one scene where Arya is acting all creepy, and then you know, she, when when Sansa goes into yes. Arya's room and finds that stuff, and Arya's like, All I need is your face, all I need is your face, and then pulls out the dagger. And yes. then gives her the dagger? Yeah. I mean, what in the world was that? That was bad. That was I mean, bad. why would you... Okay, one, why are you threatening your sister? And that was why I was getting so frustrated with Arya, with the character. I'm like, come on, she's not like this. Right. Yeah. Maybe, you know, at the very least, Arya would be like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. I don't know what's happening. Sansa's lost Or I'm going to wait for John because this is bullshit. Or I'm going to go find John or something. Right. Not just like, I'm going to... Cre- like, she never did that with anyone else. She never like terrorize them 
for a while, and then she just she'd either just kill him or right. she would forget about it. And she knows Littlefinger is a deceptive freak, so why wouldn't she at least be like, "Wait a minute"? Well, <laughs> actually, well, they know Littlefinger is you know deceptive, but they don't know how deceptive sure. until Bran yeah. eventually figures it out and yeah. tells them that they don't show us. But why would Arya give her the knife? Yeah. Like, what is the per- what is your? I mean, I guess they were trying to show. She was trying to show her how dangerous she is. But oh, you're okay for now. But just watch it. Yeah. But, okay. It's just weak. Right. It's weak. Yeah. Weak. And weak. It, weak. Why would you give a Valerian steel dagger? Uh, exactly. You know, to Sansa. Right. Like, That's her special freaking. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. That whole. I was just like, what are they? doing you know especially now when i look back on the season it really bugs me when i was watching at the time i was like mm, i don't know if i really like this right but but looking back now it's like come on okay so getting back to the the john jara genji uh, the only exception is if that's aria but it still doesn't make sense based on how she was acting if that's aria actually figuring out what what is up and she's giving her the knife to be like look into it or something you know which isn't probably what's happening yeah so I loved all the little conversations, although it was a lot of walking and talking when they're beyond the wall. Walkie talkies, Yeah, lots of these little moments between <laughs> like the Hound and and Tormund and and but there's all this conflict, you know, because like Jorah's father used to kill Tormund's people. Yep. Gendry is perhaps the heir to the Iron Throne against John and Danny, and John doesn't know that he's. The true heir. <laughs> right. Uh, the Hound used to fight for the Lannisters. The Brotherhood used to fight against the Lannisters. Gendry was captured and sold by the Brotherhood. John and the uh-huh. Free Folk used to, used to fight. Yep. Jorah betrayed the Starks way back before the books even started. That's oh. why he was exiled to uh, okay. across the Darrow Sea, because he, he, he like sold slaves. Oh. Uh, but anyway, okay, episode six. Oh, and by the way, what? What, didn't they already encounter the polar bear? Yeah, so uh, somewhere... I That's in episode six. Yeah, episode, yeah, episode six. six yeah. Okay. Why, would you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think even if we're like, yeah, that's a great plan. I think once they encounter that polar bear, we should have turned back. <laughs> <laughs> because is that the only polar zombie? Yeah. And it killed like a whole bunch of us. Yeah. And we are kind of screwed here. And yeah. what if we encounter other creatures that are zombies? What that if we- there were two... Zombie polar bears. Yeah. We'd all be dead. Yeah. yeah. Again, not a great premise. Um, at Winterfell, Littlefinger plots to isolate Sansa. Tensions between Arya and Sansa grow. Da, 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 da. At Dragonstone, Tyrion counsels Daenerys about her upcoming negotiations with Cersei. Beyond the Wall, Jon leads this raiding party. Okay. Da, da, da. Uh, they capture a white, which, you know... Now that they're there, I guess it kind of... Well, we might as well get it. Because... It kind of made some sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, John and Gendry re- uh, has so you know they're coming. Get, you know, John says to Gendry, "Return to East Eastwatch." Now. Yeah, you, you know that trek we just did for all those days okay. that took forever. So I want you to do it in like ten minutes. <laughs> so let's break this whole thing down because so at first, at first, as I'm watching the show, I loved it. I, w- I was I was in to win, you know, because yes. again I'm a nerd and yeah. I just I, I wasn't scrutinizing it. And then afterwards, I started thinking, wait, so. Gendry ran back to Eastwatch, tells them to get uh, a raven, raven to Daenerys. Fly all the way to dragons. And then, so. and, and then I, in my head, I'm like, how far is that? Because, and how fast can a raven fly? It's right. Like, and so then I immediately th- kind of did a rough calculation and said, like, there's no way. It's just, there's just no way. No way. Well, then, 
Yeah. So oh. so so let's break this down. Okay. Okay. So uh, they're they're at that uh, lake. Gendry runs. Although off. I could see I could see Braun having sent a, a raven as soon as he's seeing what's happening before what's Gendry Gendry has to run to the wall. Braun. Uh, the kid, Bran, 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 Bran. Sorry. Um, start over. What? I could see Bran sending a because maybe Bran was sitting there looking. He's like, "Oh shit, they're in trouble." I'm gonna send a raven right now. Oh, huh. but but why would he send a raven to Daenerys? Like that 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 would no. I don't think I don't think that happened. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So they run to the lake. They go out on that rock. Uh, the army of the dead uh, start falling into the lake. And which, like, we hate water. We, yeah, which didn't make a lot of sense. So we better not have to tie chains later underwater because we hate water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the whole thing was like uh, how convenient that you have a lake, an entire lake with a rock in the middle that all you fuckers can walk across yes. with being okay. And the white wa- the whites who are objectively lighter than you because they don't have any <laughs> flesh on their body. They yeah, all yeah. just plummet. You know right. what I mean? And, and also, uh, I thought winter was here. Right. Is that the coldest we're look, we're going to get? Right. That's not it, that bad. Wouldn't it be completely frozen it, it, over? Here's, it gets way colder in the Great Lakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so that was, but again, while I was watching it, I loved it. But anyway, so, so let's break it down. Um, so let's say that they're trapped on the lake, you know, midday or something. It's yeah. probably later, but let's say it's noon. Yeah. So he runs to Eastwatch. Now, you could argue that on their, you know, they went overnight to get to where they were getting. But maybe they were sort of meandering a little bit. Looking around. Yeah. Or they don't know go, where it is. They're going slow. Yeah, they're, 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 they're hunting. You know, they're not, they're not going in a straight line, per se. They're just trying to find yeah. something. And whereas Gendry does a full-on just beeline. sprint beeline. Now... Gendry does, has never even seen snow, as he talks about. What's the chance that he's going to navigate? Because he, as, he's, as he's going away from Eastwatch, he's not thinking, I might have to make this trek back by myself, you know? So, now... But, but maybe the wall is visible. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So, but anyway, so it's probably, say, four hours, right? You know, I, I could, it, couldn't be an, it couldn't be an hour, right? It'd have to be, his, his run would have to be like a long time. But something. again, this is a very mild winter we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so then they, at Eastwatch, they send a, a raven to Danny. Now, according to, now, Eastwatch to Dragonstone, do you know how many miles it is? Oh, no. It's 2,000 miles. Oh. <laughs> now, there's different estimates oh. because Martin rarely talks exactly about how far things are but he he does write the length of the wall okay as being like out of something like hundreds of of miles and so and the wall the distance of the wall is way shorter than the distance from sure. from east watch to king's landing and so anyway so about 2000 miles so that's basically like um from seattle to what chicago or something Jeez. you know what i mean and so, so okay. So, if a how fast do you think a raven could fly from here to Chicago? Isn't Chicago two thousand miles? Because isn't New York three thousand miles? That sounds about right. Okay. So how 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 far would how long would it take? Do you think for a raven to fly? Okay. Uh, it would take a raven uh, three days. Yeah. So it's about it's about three or four days, two to three days. Yeah. So now let's that's say, not stopping. That's not eating. Right. Well, you could say they stopped at different stop points and 
trans and got another raven and it went so fair enough but you know who knows so but let's let's sort of cut that back to like you know 20 hours or something you know let's say let's say the ravens are special westeros yeah. ravens like super ravens yeah, so that's, that's 20 hours okay so then um now danny has to fly back yeah well and it's like they ha- there must have been some discussion well even if there was 10 minutes of discussion you still have a 20 to 40 hour flight back i mean uh, you got to pack some provisions does she not eat yeah so so that's the other thing how do you sleep on a 40 hour ride on a dragon well and it's not 40 hours cuz the dragon is super fast right so let's say again 10 20 hours yeah. blah 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 okay so then the other question is how long would it take for a lake to to freeze over again you know you have you have liquid water well during that winter it never freezes <laughs> yeah well calculations it actually would take about two days okay uh i didn't think that because we but in what kind of weather well even when it's super cold it, it takes a while for standing water to freeze okay. I, enough far down so that it could support people walking across ha- have you seen the youtube videos of the storms in the south pole no it, there's these researchers in these research stations, and they'll open the, they'll crack these thick, thick metal doors that they have just to show, and it is like a freaking hurricane happening outside. Yeah. And if you stepped outside, you're frozen, you're dead, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in minutes. That's what I expected winter beyond the wall to get to. Right. <laughs> so let's say it's not that bad. You know, right. let's say it's. Right. I don't know. Let's just say it's a, a very cold winter, normal day or something. Yeah. Now, mathematically, so so again, at first I was watching it, liked it. Then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. They didn't think about how far things were. But then I actually did calculations, looked online, and it all kind of works out if they were on that rock for a couple days or th- two or three days. Uh-huh. Now, they made it look like they were only there one night. Um, so... So again, may, with a little bit of give and a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of giving them benefit of the doubt, it's it is possible if things were at the upper limits of their flying speed and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But again, a little silly. Like, uh, and I'm just trying to think of like another way they could have done it. Right. It's like the way that I thought they could have done it was that Daenerys was there all along. She, she went up there and was flying around watching and was, I mean the, cause the, cause the right thing, the reason it's getting this way is cause it's, it's getting so rushed, right? Yeah. Because like a totally different angle would have been not so much about showing Cersei a stupid zombie. Daenerys realizes that she needs to go meet the North cause she's going to try to sure he can bend the knee, which he hasn't yet. Right. But but she's like, I need to meet the north. So they all go to the north and they stage a ground in, uh, what's it called? Uh, Winterfell. And then from there, the thing happens where they have to go beyond the wall. But now the dragons are, you know, like stuff like that, you yeah. know? Instead, it's what it is. Yeah. So, well, when you were watching it, did you like the, the scene? I, I, I mean, I, visually it was great and it was obviously. But were you a, going, were you rolling your eyes as you were watching it? I just, no, I was just already annoyed about the whole plot. And then I was like, well, of course you're going to get your fucking dragons killed. And I didn't think they were going to lose all of them, but I'm like, of course. <laughs> yeah. So it was frustrating from that but, perspective. But you kind of need that because when the, when the army of the dead fights the army of the living, 
you need some way for there to be absolutely you need a threat i totally agree with you i i just to to your point i wish they had arrived at that in a better way that's it like they came out of nowhere and but but i but i think once once we're going now we're going and that the scene with the spear was amazing yeah it was great he grabs and he's so composed and these guys are so scary yeah and he grabs they hand him the spear and he's just like slice right and so so john you know can't really get away he can't get on the dragon which was a little weird but anyway he goes off and he gets dragged underneath the water right and um and then he emerges and i was i i pretty much knew he'd emerge because yeah. like well it can't be the death of john no. but um but anyway and then you got to think well maybe the the lord of light saved him again uh, who knows he emerges and then some of the whites see him and they start chasing him and I was thinking, well, now what are you going to do, right? And then you see this horseman coming out of nowhere, like killing all these Right. Things. Now, other people have been saying, like, what? Benjamin's, what the hell? Where did he come from? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, like, again, as a reader of the books, Benjamin Stark is, like, a really big deal. Like, uh-huh. he's barely in the TV show. He's been twice, right? Yeah. Three times. When he first went, there's and then... A, there's a moment when he's living... Yeah, well, it's at the beginning of the show when he like goes and he goes on a range. Yeah, we something. never see him again. Yeah. And then he saves Sam. Does he save Sam? Sam and he's and like G- half and, dead. Yeah, I forget. But yeah. but anyway, as soon as I saw like a horseman, I was like, "It's Benjamin Stark." Of course, it's Benjamin Stark. Like Benjamin Stark has been you know on the that side of the wall for a long time. Yeah, and is a an excellent. Uh, ranger he knows how to get around he knows how to and he's half undead and he's half dead and so yeah. he he this is this is perfect he's probably been monitoring the the army yeah it he's he it took him a while to come down there he sees john emerge i think he's like okay here's my chance i get it you know but now he's it. dead right uh now he's probably dead. He's, i mean because he, he got yeah he so. got consumed it's again the writers are like well we got we got to wrap up that plot line of like because martin you can't keep would, coming back yeah you gotta have you got there's all these question marks like where's Arya's uh direwolf where's benjen stark you know there's all these questions is john actually a yeah. target like they're trying to actually answer these questions right. which which martin just never answers and so so anyway i thought i thought it was it was it was pretty great but but again john when he you know falls underneath the water, you're like, well, of course he's not going to die because because these right. these writers they're not going to kill John. The thing that the thing that like depresses me a little bit is there's a lot of times where John is not John doesn't do anything that saves him. Other people do stuff to save him. Yeah, and so there's not a lot of moments where you can look back and say, well. But he did do this, and he did do that, and he did do this. Well, it's he, more like, yeah, he's almost suicidal, and the yeah. Lord, the Lord of Light, is always looking out yeah. for him. But let's take a break, and we get back, we'll finally get to episode seven. <laughs> All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't already become a patron, please do so. Go to patreon.com, become a patron of the podcast. It's now the year twenty nineteen, <laughs> and you will get. Uh, access to all of the premium episodes in which we do deep dives on various different things. Okay, Berto, episode seven. Just watched wow. it. Just watched it. If, Star Wars, right? Nights ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, called The Dragon and the Wolf. A uh, big scene uh, with, with many of the characters at the Dragon Pit. We got, we got Brienne and the Hound talking. Yeah, some big reunions. Yeah. We got Pod and Tyrion. Yep. We got Tyrion and Cersei. We got Tyrion and Bronn. 
We have Cersei and Daenerys meeting for the first time. That's right. We have John and Cersei meeting for the second time because Cersei came to Winterfell. Oh yeah, but that was like long time ago, and it was brief. And yeah. It, yeah, episode one, season one. Yeah, the that the the Hound and the Mountain um, face off. Face off. I thought that conversa- that confrontation was pretty dumb. Yeah, especially because like the Mountain really wouldn't do anything. Well, that and. There's there's a lot of tension between a lot of different players. Yeah. And the hound just decides, I'm going to walk over to those fuckers and have a word with my brother. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what about Tyrion and Jamie and Cersei and you know there's And there's- it was it was weak writing because it's like, "Hey watchers, uh viewers, watch this. Uh remember, I don't know if you remember, they're brothers and there's this big conflict between them." Right. right. Well, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. A, it was. A, I was like, are they? They're probably setting something up for. But yeah. but I, I think all of us know that yeah. that's a thing. You know what I mean? You didn't need to like if any. Right. Anyways, and again, one of the enemies is within three feet of Cersei, and all the mountain does is just kind of step forward. You know, like Cersei's army should be like surrounding her because. All the yeah. hound would have to do is like throw a an, a hammer at her head and yeah. kill her, you know. And In fact, what they what I what I thought was gonna maybe happen, which would have been a cooler scene, is the hound. Uh, sorry, the mountain. Even though he's a monster now, some weird flash of recognition in his eyes, and he just beelines for his brother mm. as the now monster he is. And it's like it takes Cersei all her yelling and command to like stop him or something. Ooh. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. Because the other way around felt like, and in fact, there's, there's, they're showing us a lot of, like the, the mountain isn't very scary right now. Right. There's a lot of mountain almost killing people, or, you know, not he, doing anything. Yeah. He, he's like, he has killed people yeah, as, yes. as a dead person, but in this season, there was a lot of like him standing there and people, people kind of looking at him as if they're scared and him not doing anything, you know? Right. Oh, you know, anyway, we're getting that to a scene yeah. that I want to talk about. At King's Landing, the White is presented to the Lannisters. Cersei demands John's neutrality in the Great War, but he upholds his oath to Daenerys. What did you think about that? Should should John have lied in that moment? No, no, no. That would have been antithetical to his character, and a, a flat out lie that she wouldn't have believed in the first place. No, he did it absolutely correct. Right? She wouldn't have believed him. What's the point? Blah blah blah. Uh, Tyrion meets privately with Cersei. Amazing scene. Oh. By the way, sorry. What I did think was weak is that Tyrion and them hadn't prepared a realistic proposal for what would happen after they supposedly defended. They should have said, like, look, we'll fight together, and then afterwards we'll give you Casterly Rock. Yeah, like we'll split up or something. Yeah, right. And then then she would have still not gone for it, but like they didn't have any proposal. But here's the thing. Tyrion meets with Cersei. Yeah. They, you know... uh, Tyrion's like, just do it, man. If you're just going to kill me, kill me now. Just do it. And she and, comes close. And she comes maybe. close. And and <laughs> that scene was so awesome. And the Dinkles is such a great actor. Oh god. And he's just and he's just like and you know and when she's she's like, okay, I'm not going to kill him. And you just see, uh, yeah. And he kind of he kind of stumbles over to the wine station because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's yeah he is really a an amazing actor, but also. Now, as a character, it's like it's such a great character yeah. because he's like, I'm so brave where I shouldn't be because I'm like this little small person and stuff. But he's so brave. But he's so brave. He's probably the bravest person. Totally. And then at the same time, he's totally he, human. And yeah, he's totally human. He's just like, oh, yeah. my God. So then they have a conversation. She, you know, she's like 
trying to signal or or accidentally signaling that she's pregnant, and then they have a conversation. We don't see it. So maybe that's what that's what I meant earlier by pro Lannister was that Tyrion's like we don't have to kill everyone because I think that's actually what they're kind of setting up. Like throughout this whole season, Tyrion has been like, "Danny, yeah. you don't have to kill everyone." Right, 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 right. You know, like yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe Tyrion was like, "Listen." I have a lot of influence with these people. Yeah. Like, why would I not be dead? I am a, t- a Lannister. Why? Trust me, I have a lot of... And the thing is, I I guarantee, I'm giving you my guarantee, this is not going to end up in bloodshed. You're not going to die. You know, all these kind of things. Right. So, but that doesn't make a lot of sense that Cersei wouldn't march north then if Tyrion gave her a... No, no, because I, now to your point earlier, it is fairly within her character to then use that moment and be like, Okay, because if she had killed Jamie, or if Jamie had gone along with the plan, then it actually gives her a strategic advantage, assuming she's underestimating, well, which because she's underestimating the White Walkers. Because look, she only saw one of those dead things, right? Yeah, yeah. She hasn't seen the Night King, or the White Walkers, or the Giants, or the Dragon. Right. So, like, the truth is that from her perspective, now I'm kind of going back on my earlier thing, from her perspective, she's like, oh, that sounds reasonable. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'll, then yeah, then Cersei and uh, and Jamie have their fight, yeah. and I so I think Littlefinger died before this scene. Yes, yeah. So so there's a so let's get to that. So Winterfell, Littlefinger, or, uh, or, no, no, maybe not. No, I think so because I remember thinking when when Jamie and Cersei were having a fight, I was like. Oh, they've already killed someone. <laughs> they killed Littlefinger. Like or, a- or maybe they had at least set up the uh, the that now they were accusing him. Yeah, maybe they hadn't sliced his throat yet. I don't remember. But well, either way, either way, the, the seemed, fight, but the, yeah. the, the fight, but the scene between Cersei and Jaime. I was like, Jaime's dead. Yeah. Every, did you think that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, I thought this is the Game of Thrones I know and love. Right. Even though I love Jaime's now character, he's dead. Yeah. I just thought I thought it was going to be. Uh, we were just going to see a flash of steel from the mountain, and just like with Ned Stark, and we were just going to see Jamie's head, just like a like a split second of Jamie's head coming off. Oh, you know what I thought was going to happen? What? I thought uh, when Jamie's like blah blah blah, and she's like, and she actually motions to the mountain, and yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. I thought as Jamie is going to be like, that's what I thought, whatever, and he starts walking away. I thought they were going to show us the camera angle from Jamie's face walking away, and then you see this hand grab his head and like just like tear it off. Or oh something. God, <laughs> damn son, your brain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when he lived, I was just so happy. I'm like, okay, you know, he he gets to live another day. Uh, what do we think he's going to do? You think he's going to ride up and join John? Like, where is he going? Yeah, he's definitely going north. But the other, the other weird thing is that that's why this one didn't make as much sense for me because Cersei did love him. Yeah, and so if she's to the point of killing him, first of all, I actually, even though I wanted that scene with the head rip off, I wouldn't think that's how he, she would want to see him die. Right? And that, and that, and she didn't. She, and she didn't. And you could tell the way they were writing it, the way they directed it. She wanted him to uh, obey, and she had a flash of thinking, like, "Well, maybe I should kill him," but then she let him go because she loved him. But she knows that he, uh, he's now a liability to her because now her but, plot of but she loves him. Yeah. So you know, so she can't, she can't yeah. kill him. 
And he's basically pointless now because without armies, what's he going to do? Well, but he can, well, but he's got all the information from that side. So him, sure. him joining up with the North, assuming they don't kill him, because <laughs> now there is Bran and there is John and there, I mean, Oh, right. So there's a lot of reasons why he might die. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think that, that Tyrion and the night lady, Brienne, Brienne. Yeah. What's her name? Brienne? Brienne. Brienne. I think they would intercede, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And Bran's above that. Like, Bran's not going to be like, revenge. you push me, revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, Bran would be like, thank you. You actually, you know, put me on a path to becoming a three-eyed raven. Yeah. There's a scene between John and Theon with John in the in the throne room where John forgives Theon, which I thought was just for a, what he can forgive him for what he can forgive him for, which I just thought was just a great scene. Yeah, it was that was good. Really, just powerful and real and realistic yeah. seeming, yeah. and I just love that scene. Um, they're in a, a, a boat on the way to the White Harbor, and John and Daenerys. Make uh, some, you know, the, 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 what do they call it? The, the two backed monster. Um, <laughs> the, the horizontal mamba. Uh, they did the, the deed. They finally consummated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, throughout this season, they were dropping hints that, oh, yeah. that Daenerys had the hots for oh, John. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, they did. Now, Daenerys has had sex with other people. It's just not yes, like you know, casually. She, yeah, she she used to have a a fuck buddy. Yeah. in that one. Um, was she doesn't Dario. have sex hangups. <laughs> yeah, she it's not. She's not a virgin. Yeah. So uh, now for John, I think he's only had sex with what's her face. Yeah. Died with if, if anything, uh, Daenerys was well, for sure. She was like, he's too small for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's used to fucking these huge warriors. Yeah. Like. You know, like they go kill and then they like. Oh, yeah, fuck her. right. She also <laughs> had, yeah, she also had sex with. Uh, so this is a change for her. Yeah. Change of pace. Yeah, <laughs> someone who's like shorter than her. <laughs> now, as we're watching this, they're interspersing the scenes with Sam and and um, and Bran about That's talking right. about how. Uh, That's right, and related. so it's really right. So incest that, is best. <laughs> well, is it incest when it's nephew aunt? I don't. I, yeah. Well. I saw a joke that was, uh, you know, it says, John says, uh, may I come in? And then Daenerys says, of course, comma, I insist. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as you as you were watching this, what were you thinking as you're watching them have sex? Um, well, I was thinking the animal part of me was like, yeah. And then the, <laughs> the fan part of me was like, yeah. And then the, like... Uh, their nephew and uh, aunt part of me was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. As I'm watching, I'm, j- I'm just like, oh. <laughs> um, but, but But I, I do have to say, hmm. um, isn't the Targaryen incest like the rule of law? <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they all, uh, I mean, off and on different different generations. But yeah, yeah they would marry their sisters. They uh, I think Aegon... The original Targaryen who came to Westeros had married two of his sisters, and so she's probably getting pregnant on top of everything. Well, that's actually yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Right. So, so well, so right because they keep talking about that. Right. Yeah. She's like, I can't have, I kids. can't have kids, but John, you can from a Targaryen. And John's like, How do you know? You know da, 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 da. <laughs> have you let me try? <laughs> yeah. And so, so what do you think is going to happen with that? You know. 
Well, it's really interesting because, first of all, now they're going to be like, hey, John, FYI, you're the heir. Right. Right? Yeah. And how's she going to feel about that? Right. Yeah. And then, so I think at some point, John has to die so that she's basically it, but it's really her son. Yeah, I yeah I kind of think like sh- like he's gonna die. He's the Jesus character. Yeah, because he's already died, right? right. He he can't live on he's, forever. He's living on bar- borrowed time, and yeah. he's he's always sacrificing his fucking self. Right? Hey, there's no way he's not gonna sacrifice. And he doesn't himself. seem to want to be king and all no. that kind of stuff. But but you know they could they could marry and they could be yeah. king. I th- I feel like a lot of people want them to rule. Sure. But, but now that they're you know aunt and nephew, it gets a little weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, so there was that now. Um, so what do we have here? Uh, we have three different factions. We got team Danny and John. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we could call them Janny. Janny. Team Janny, <laughs> which comprises of the North, all the Bannermen. Not, not Donnie. <laughs> yeah, I thought Donnie, but Janny. Uh, the Northmen, we got Dothraki, the Unsullied, the Free Folk. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, some of the Tarleys men who succumbed. Ooh. Um, you know what that means? What? If Cersei is able to somehow defeat them all, then she could say, Tonight I... Killed a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got the veil. Uh, we got the all yeah. the knights of the veil. We have she has two dragons. We got Sansa, Arya, uh, maybe even Jamie. Yeah, some really badass killers in the mix. Yeah, but but let's be honest, the things they're going up against that shouldn't matter. What? That they have a couple badass killers and an assassin and a thing. I mean, right. Arya's not going to be any better at killing the, yeah. the dead than anyone else. You're just a warrior at that point, and you need your special weapons. So they need to make all the dragon glass spears and the things. But we got to see Arya kill at least one more person as a as absolutely. A like, there's got to be some. Don't you think she's going to kill Cersei? Maybe. Well, there's so many people who that I could, think uh, who the poetic, you know, because yes. actually I think who's going to kill Cersei is is Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, that's what because I because in too. the in the prophecy it says a younger brother will kill, oh, will kill you. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, and so she always thinks that's Tyrion, oh. but, but Jamie actually was born. Oh, then it's Jamie after. Yeah, of course. And Jamie killed the last Mad yeah, King, yeah. and so but no, no. Then it's definitely Jamie because I kept thinking. That's what's going to happen. Jamie, in fact, I thought the end of this season was going to end with Jamie killing Cersei. Right, right. yeah, exactly. Uh, also, Team Janny, we got Tyrion, Theon, Yara, the Hound, Beric Dondarrion with his flaming sword. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gendry, the Onion Knight, Sam, and Gilly. Now, they don't have anyone that can bring them back at this point. Right. There's no red anyone's. Yeah, so that's another thing. They had to get rid of the priest Thoros yeah. because he could bring people back and so yeah. and they don't have the other priestess. She's so. conveniently hiding. Yeah. And then you have Team Cersei, who is not that much, but the Golden Company, which is the most badass huge army that's coming. And she's got Euron with all the gray joy ships and she's And they've got, never shown us the Golden Company, right? No. We got the mountain. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, we got the mountain and we got Kyburn. You know what I imagine? The Golden Company? Like, remember in the movie 300, the Persians? Yeah. Like that, when they first arrive it's, and they got like, these beasts. I, I and think they it's actually these... like that. Yeah. No, they have, I think they have elephants. They, yeah. They've got it all. They've got, I think, and they're yeah. like a whole hodgepodge of the best the warriors best. In, on the, you know, in the Dothraki, you know, cities, you know, all oh, the free cities, the Marines. And, and so, you know, these are, 
these these are basically like the best army of Asia together. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Mongolians. Yeah. So I imagine when we see that army, it's going to be quite a spectacle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we got Team Cersei, we got Team Janney, and we have Team Night, Night uh, Witch people. Night, which, Night, now, Night, there's this whole thing with them, too, which is, I guess they, they serve some sort of natural force of nature uh, role. Because otherwise, they really don't don't have an objective, right? Well, they do. They their objective is to kill humans. That's their objective. I mean, but, yeah, but I'm saying that sounds to me like a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake, not like I want to rule so I can have fun things and no. eat good foods. And, no, no, you know? no. They right. They right. They don't live. They're they don't live. dead. They, they just want to annihilate all living humans. Well, they, that's why the children of the forest made them, actually. Because, you know, so children of the forest are like those yeah. fairy people. And they're living in Westeros, and they're having a good time with all the old trees and the old and gods. And these humans come in. And then they're the first men, they call yeah. them. You know, they start coming over and start colonizing. And the children of the forest, I think at first were kind of cool with them. But then after a while, they're just like, God, get out of our lands. And so they... they uh, Changed at least one of them, the Night King, into by putting dragon glass into his heart. Actually, incidentally, that scene where they the that Bran sees where he transforms the man into the Night King, yeah, is this behind them is that same mountain, that Arrowhead Mountain. Oh, so it's like that same spot. I see, but it's springtime. It's like less. It's not winter. Okay. Later on, the children of the forest actually made the north permanent winter too like back oh. in the day it had seasons too the north oh, I see. like beyond the wall did anyway so the night king so the children of the men said i'm going to change this guy into our slave and he is going to kill all the humans right and then it, the monster started to kill the children of the men blah blah, blah or the children of the forest now um why why do you think the White Walkers, like there's not that many White Walkers. Right. There's only, we've seen maybe five of them. Yeah, five or five to ten. And they can't make more, it seems like. Except from babies, right? They can take babies. Yeah, I think that's how they make more is is they can, can through a ceremony, I think they can actually make more of them. And that's why they were stealing those babies. um, I think so. Seems that way. I think so, yeah. Okay, now the other thing is, uh, so they have these giants, they have a dragon. Yeah. And they have a shit like that looked like a lot more than the hundred thousand or whatever they were saying. It's hard to <laughs> estimate, but but I think that's the you know. Now, if you have a dragon that can burn down the wall, yeah. First of all, you I don't know how they get tired because it's dead. So can't it just keep just take the whole wall down? Well, it only <laughs> needed to take one part. Yeah, of the I wall. guess because they got to get through. Yeah, and then my oh, the, the D and D nerd in me wanted the dragon to. To, to shoot frost because in Dungeons and Dragons you have red dragons who have fire right. and then you, want and you have frost. white dragons that do frost but of course it, how it was more the, like how magic. would you get the how would you get the thing yeah it was sort of magic fire yeah which I, which I don't really understand but anyway um, so who do you think will rule in the end Berto at the end of next season it, if it were who's um, going to sit on that iron throne yeah so if it were old school Game of Thrones I would put some bets on the White Walkers <laughs> <laughs> But uh, given as it is, Cer- I mean, Cersei's dead. She's gonna die. Uh, 
She's going to die. And so I think John is going to sacrifice, and basically it's going to be Daenerys, but really uh, her son will, you know. Right. In if fact, for, there's, a, there's a likelihood that they both die, and it's just the son lives on. Right. So, so Danny is the most logical person. It's the most poetic because we've had, you know, because um, of Robert's Rebellion and then right. against the Targaryen, and now we have like a new... Uh, you know, dynasty of a new type of Targaryens. Um, and so in terms of the grand scheme of things, it would make sense that Danny would, would be. But, you know, John could be too because he's... But John's a, got the rightful... He's position. a Targaryen as well, right? So, and he's, he's the, the eldest male left. Right. He, well, he's the, he's the eldest male of the eldest male. Yeah. So he's Prince Rhaegar's so he's a, son now, the, in a legal marriage that right. they found out. Now, the problem is that... The followers of Daenerys are not following her because she's such and such as daughter. Right. They don't care. So really, that doesn't mean much. Like if they were to get in a conflict, which I don't think would happen because it seems like they're falling in love. Right. But but you saw Tyrion was very worried about this development. Right. He was like, oh, fuck. Now they're going to. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Tyrion could be on the Iron Throne. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's got no claim now. But if Danny and John die, only if only if somehow the rules change, and Danny says, "You know how you said that we can't keep doing this with the blah blah blahs and the blah blah blahs." I think it's you. Well, you're the only one who can really. You well, know. if a bunch of the leaders die, and including Cersei and. Yeah. But sure, it's whoever's got the power. Yeah, and, and Tyrion would, would be a logical choice. I just think it would have to be a little more given to him or something. Yeah, but. well, I don't know. But I could see Tyrion. Tyrion and Sansa actually were married and could, <laughs> and could technically be king and queen. I mean, because you got, you got yeah, the Lannisters so. and the Starks, yeah. the North and the South. You yeah. know, that, that would work. Euron could be on the Iron Throne, but I don't think so. Uh, Theon could... Be a no. ruler. He's not going to be an Iron Throne, no, but no. he could be, you know, uh, Lord of of the uh, of the Pike. And then, of course, Gendry. He could he could end up. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, Gendry would have a claim, but but I think his claim would disappear the instant that we find out John's truth. But I mean, I'm talking. John dies. Oh yeah. Everyone dies everyone except dies. for Gendry. I mean, imagine like everyone dies. Yeah. Except for Gendry and the Hound or yeah. something. You know. Um, so, because you gotta wonder why, but you gotta wonder why was Gendry brought back? Like, why is Gendry even there? Yeah, yeah. Because. Well, I think, I think there's gonna be some sort of thing with Cersei where if it isn't her son for real, at the very least. I I almost guarantee you it's Well, now we're gonna have to bet on it. But in either case, (laughs) he's gonna have a bigger claim to that, the throne she's claiming right now. Right. But forget the Targaryens, because she could be like, Tar who? Yeah. Fuck off. Right. But this guy's got a legitimate claim to With, that throne. Right. Within that law. Yeah. Right. So then that, I think something's got to come from that, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's why the brown bag. Also, you know who could be? Arya. Arya can as, sit on the As whoever the fuck she wants to be. Oh. Right? That would be an awesome ending. Like, can you imagine like, if they like show Danny, us? Danny's yeah. sitting on the, and then all of a sudden she, she takes her. <laughs> I think people would be upset, but it, well, that's the thing. Actually, like, that's that's the thing. Like, you can't end this without pissing people off. Do you know what's going to happen, dude? What? I've got it. It's going to be Danny sitting on the throne with her little pregnancy, right? <laughs> and she's looking down and she's thinking of John. But as the credits are starting to roll, she pulls off the mask and it's actually Arya. 
who pulls off the mask and it's actually the blonde chick who killed her, who pulls off the mask and it's the original guy that... Uh, Jakanagar. Jakanagar, yes. <laughs> Jakanagar. And then he takes off the mask and it's the spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got to think like, how can you end this? And because I, I know these writers are miles ahead of the f- fans and uh, minus a couple moments, you know yeah. what I mean? They they really know like okay you know what do the fans want you know and and were were these guys involved in Lost were these guys uh, is Benioff in there or something I think I or, or Battlestar Galactica I don't know anyway I you know the they don't want to fall prey to all these other great shows right including Sopranos which was on HBO that had like a really weird ending no it had a the greatest ending of well it was a cool ending but it wasn't. There's a lot of controversy around it. No, right? I mean, yes, of, there was, but it was great. Any of Sopranos? Yeah, yeah. Well, he so, gets killed. <laughs> yeah. So um, don't stop. We should do an episode on this. So um, the the writers are thinking, okay, well, how do we get out of this? Yeah, and have our because everything could come crashing down if this ends badly, like the one you just said. That will taint the entire series. You know, they'll just yeah. be like the entire thing was a joke. Yeah. And so you've got to end this thing. I mean, yeah. So you got to me, it's got to be Danny because because if it's not Danny, so say let's say Danny doesn't live. Half of this show, or yeah, a good twenty five percent of this of the books and the show has been about Danny's slow trudge toward no. the Iron Throne. No man, no, no, no. I got it, man. No, they have been spelling this out for us. It's called Game of Thrones, right? Right. But in the end, the realization is going to have to be that this system is not working for them. So that the the Iron Throne is going to get melted down. And finally, what's going to happen is it's either going to be, you're right, it's either going to be Tyrion or the spider. And the spider I thought before because they oh, were starting... I, just, I have a new idea, but... Because, because they're going to... Daenerys, these other people, they're going to have to realize that you can't keep doing this like one ruler for the whole land and it's an empire right, and all that's, this that's, bullshit. That, that's, that's what I thought, or that's what yeah. you know, came to mind, was like, maybe it'll return to Seven Kingdoms. Again. Yes, yes, I like it. Like you got Theon and Yara. Yes. You got Sansa and maybe John, I suppose. Yeah. You've got Daenerys down there. Well, um, John's dead, but yeah, Sansa is queen of the north. And maybe Ilaria is still alive in the dungeons at the end. And yeah. She can, back, she can go back to Dorne. And then you've got the Vale. No, no, no. And, and even better, Daenerys is not on the Iron Throne. She realizes that her true calling and her people are back out to the wilderness oh. and and they she leaves Tyrion in charge of the freaking thing oh let's do it yeah let's do it that would satisfy a lot of a lot of shit because one a lot of people get to live and a lot yeah. of people get to do things two it answers a question of you know what is the game of thrones and three it sets up for like a sequel in which you have further someone trying to unify it again no but seriously because then they they also have to like hopefully at least temporarily learn the lesson of like this grand unification only brought us so much chaos and destruction that we were so vulnerable to the north and would the north even have been a problem if maybe the north is a reaction to this you know all that kind of stuff Right, and so that would be poetic because it would go back to prior to Aegon's conquest, That's right. in which there were seven kingdoms. Yeah, 
And so, yeah, wow. By the way, what what of the gods, which ones of the gods do you think are real and which ones are not? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, because there's the fire god. Yeah. There's the old gods. Yeah, I think the, there's I the, think the fire, the lord of light might be an old god or maybe it's a newish god. Well, but it seems or like there god is... from the other land. There definitely seems to be something called the lord of light that seems real, right? Because yeah. then the, you got the yeah. drowned god. But then I... You have, then you have yeah. the seven... And then you have they they refer I, you know I, there's a, there's an answer to this question but there's there's the old gods and I I don't remember there's I think there's a whole system and clearly there. the the faceless people have some god that's real right and they, they actually they, talk about that because they have magic I mean yeah. there's they no talk way about, they, can... they talk about that god yeah yeah well that's the thing again Dungeons and Dragons there's always a pantheon of gods right. that if you worship them you get special pantheon powers right. from that particular god you know yeah. And so, you know, um, now, uh, let's see, let's see, what other questions do I have for you? Um, well, let me ask you one question. What do you think Cersei is going to do? Because I think everything else is pretty obvious. You got, you got Team Gianni going north to, yes. to full-on battle with, with the dead. That's right. And and they're probably just going to leave the south behind and be like fuck it who cares. And one more dragon will die. Both the ice dragon and one fire dragon will kill each other. So there's there's got to be a big battle up there. Yeah. But so the big question is what's Cersei going to do? Is she just going to sit there? Uh she's probably not going to sit there. She's probably going to start gobbling up lands, right? Yeah. With with the Golden Company. Right. Right. Um the other thing is is what if the Golden Company this would be a scene that I can imagine happening next season. The Golden Company is like r- raging in the south and taking over these lands, and Team Janney's kind of freaking out, but they're like, well, we got to take care of the, the White Walkers. And then uh, they're, in a, they're in dire straits. You know, both dragons are dead. Uh, there's, you know, yeah. the, the, the de- army of the dead is over. And then all of a sudden they see that the Golden Company is coming over the ridge, and they're just like, oh my God, you know, we're. We're done for, or something. right? And then Jamie's at its at its head, and he has killed Cersei in the process. Oh yes. Well, or the well, because maybe what's going to happen at least before that is, I think. Do you really think Cersei isn't going to start like, yeah, fuck right north, yeah, right north, damn it? So she's going to start putting pressure on them, even on their home base. And and because if you think about it, she's not going to take a chance, right? She's not leaving uh, King's Landing, but she's probably going to be like, "Look, for take all these lands." So you think she's going to squeeze them between the yeah. army and the and, and probably go try to take Winterfell? They're all busy fighting those stupid people. Yeah, and that's when they're going to have no choice but to start fighting them because we need a reason for them to fight. Yeah, and we can't have a thing where the whole half of the season, the Golden Army is just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Well. The most logical storyline would be that they prevail over the army of the dead. But that can't happen early season. That that's I mean not not early season. Yeah, but like maybe episode 6. And the Night King is banished to the north. Maybe even on his dragon he just like flies into the north with and and is defeated or something. And you know, and then Maybe episode five. So, so here's here's how I could see if I was a writer. Here's how I might propose an idea for a better idea. So we're in the pitch meeting. Yes, I'm pitching you an idea, and you come up with a better idea if you can. So you, I, you have to start with not this, but so episode five. There's the big battle between living and the dead, 
and they they prevail. A bunch of people die, but they prevail. Yeah. And the Night King is the only one who survives with the dragon, flies north far away. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, episode six, we have a massive battle between Daenerys, between Team Janney and Team Cersei. Uh-huh. You have, you have a huge battle there. Yeah. And again, more people die, more intrigue, more blah, blah, blah. And then the last episode, you have kind of wrapping things up where people start having different kingdoms. Maybe it'll be like the north will be one kingdom right. and the south will be another. And then you have Sam uh, looking up old books to recreate the wall to ward off sure. the, the Night King and even the dragon or something. And But there's always a threat that will be beyond the wall. Yeah. And the free folk will start to colonize the north and other because there's a lot of room up there. Right. What do you think about any you have a better idea than that? Oh, I don't know if it's better, but I'm going to I'm going to go slightly a couple different pitches here. Or not pitches, directions. Uh number 1, I they they the, the king's got to die. The night king has got to die. It's going to be by the Valerian sword and it's going to be by John and that's how he dies. Okay. So he will die, but so, it, he will kill that king. Do you think the army that is, they're all going to die? When he kills the you gotta king. You got to give me what episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, they're, they're fighting Cersei well before the final battle with these things. Because what's going to happen is that Cersei is not going to let up. Oh, sorry. Cersei's not going to let up. She's actually going to put too much pressure on them, and they're going to have to start fighting the stupid golden army, which they don't want to do. So Jamie Before the dead Before army. the final, final, final. So Jamie's going to... I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Jamie's going to hatch a plan with uh, Tyrion and all the others and blah, blah. Jamie's like, I got to go confront my sister, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to King's Landing, and that's the final confrontation with Cersei in which she dies by his hands. And now they have the gold, the remaining of the golden army at their command to fight finish the battle up north okay. they go I they finish I like the that. battle he you know. kills the night king and he dies in the process and then in the aftermath they all realize the foolishness of one throne to rule them all so they divvy up the lands in a nice way actually and I like yours better spring comes back to the north I like yours better because it's like you gotta have you gotta have the army you gotta have the living versus the dead as the final battle yeah uh, that makes sense but it but it's hard to imagine how you would work into the plot that Cersei would attack when but but, but before <laughs> before they get you know yeah. cut down that that is a little tricky now I will say though they the they broke through East watch yeah which is right at the sea yeah but they can't go on the sea. Well, okay. And then the second thing is, Cersei is going to become a White Walker. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if they like turn Cersei into a White Walker? That would be annoying as hell. Yeah, Imagine funny. a Cersei, but not a zombie Cersei, a Cersei White Walker. So let me blow your mind with one final detail here. And I didn't tell you this before because I, would, I thought that they might reveal uh, this plot detail in this season, okay. but they didn't, and so I'm I'm 99.99 percent sure they're not gonna they're not gonna bring it up in the next season. Okay, but Catelyn Stark is alive. Okay, I I I had heard this. Oh, and and I I wanted to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, and there was even a fan theory that she made an appearance in one of the scenes this season. Did you hear that? No. When uh when 
um, Brienne is fighting or sparring with Arya. Yeah. There's a, a, a lady in the distance that you see walking by and fans freeze framed it and it looked, she was wearing the kind of clothes that, oh, okay. that blah, 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 but it looks sort of like ghostly a little bit or something. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Who knows? But in the books, she, she very quickly starts to show up again after the Red Wedding. Really? And she is a, she's, I think the Lord of Light has, has raised her from the dead. Somehow. But is she a human or is she, she a dancer? They don't actually, from my memory, because again, it was 15 years ago I read these books, they don't focus on her very much. And she's basically just like this rumored figure that has a bunch of people following her. Kind of like the, kind of like the Brotherhood Without Banners. She was kind of like a Thoros character. Okay. And she was roaming, you know, the countryside, wreaking havoc on Lannister people, I think. And I kept kept waiting for her to show up at at some point in the books or in the TV show. And she never did. And I'm so glad because when she came back to life in the books, I was like, come on. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, why? Yeah. Let it go. And that feels really hard to pull off at this point because they. No. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just like Ned comes back. Yeah. I'm here. Wait, right. I, we killed you. Yeah. Not all the way. Right. That's that's how it felt in the books. It was like, what? Anyway. So that was an epic episode of Game of Thrones season seven. You and I have been talking for <laughs> uh, one, two, three plus hours. And I thought this episode would just be 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And we have to record how many episodes tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Just this one, you, you fricker. Uh, well, Berto, thanks for going with me on this episode. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, listeners out there, if you've been listening this long, my, wow, right? my goodness, uh, I don't know what to say. Kudos to you. What, what are some of the sayings in Game of Thrones that we could give Chaos uh, is a ladder. Vala Morgolis. Vala Morgolis. Oh, what's the, the fire one? Draconis! <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. If you want to listen to more Game of Thrones episodes that you haven't heard, you can go to psychologyinseattle.com. I have a page that's just for Game of Thrones episodes. So do that. Do that now. Thanks for joining. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.